0: Johnny, you're
1: this is the Patriots pregame show presented by Duncan. Harmon on a blitz. Goff throws it to the right. Gilmore's there. Intercepted at the four. Harmon forced the pick. And Gilmore comes up with it. The Patriots pregame show is the world's largest virtual tailgate. Featuring fans of the six time Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. Brady Otter Center gives to Michelle. Runs it left. A dollar in the end zone. Touchdown Patriots. Michelle for six. That's the offense I know. That's the offense we love! Hardy, Paul Perillo, and Mike Dessau are here to do the grilling as your hosts. This week, the Patriots are home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. James
2: White, clutching it up the right arm, clutch it upfield. Driving forward, it's
0: diving to the it's goal it! line! It's the right. A touchdown! It's right. And a title for the
1: Patriots! It. I can't believe it! Hardy, Paul Perillo, and Mike deuce, deuce, are here to get you ready for the game.
3: It's football time, fellas. Let's get into
1: it. Now, live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, Patriots Nation, welcome to the Patriots pregame show presented by Duncan.
4: Maybe I've asked this before. Bill Belichick said, "It's football time, fellows. Let's get into it." Where does that come from? Uh,
5: that comes from the 2009 series "A Football Life," starring Bill Belichick.
3: Wow, it's inspiring. All right, let's. Uh, I think I still think it sounds like Kyle Chandler and Friday Night Lights. Clear. It's football time. Let's get into what it. What is
4: it? It sounds like the thirtieth take. Eyes, the heart. most energy lose. he was able to muster, and and finally the director said, "You know what? It's going to have to be good enough. Let's just go with that one." Cut. Prank. It is That's,
3: what
4: it is. Yeah. Exactly. Welcome into the uh, Patriots pregame show, fueled by Duncan, Week Seventeen. Um, but
3: not the final week.
4: But not the final week.
3: Don't be confused. Mm.
4: That's right. We got one more week. There will be 18 weeks of football Man, when you flash back the to, buy. like,
3: 93 or so, <laughs> so. 92 when you used to have 18 weeks. Oof. That's, two uh, two by weeks.
4: It, it is going to be something today with the Jaguars here in town. Um, I feel like we need some kind of, uh, like, alert maybe to activate the emergency broadcast system to let the people... In and around New England know there's a football game today. Apparently, they didn't know based on the traffic on the way in this morning. There wasn't any. Um, The weather is not conducive to, but it wasn't last week either, and it was packed.
5: Well, I mean, that was a big game. That was a big (laughs) This is a two-win team riddled (laughs) with COVID.
3: (laughs) Well, it it is. uh, I did walk around a little bit uh, in the underbelly of Gillette Stadium a couple hours ago, and there were, you know, a lot, a lot of the Jags equipment guys, they're going out with, you know, helmets. They had like four or five helmets in their hands. And, they were, and I'm thinking to myself, that's a good sign. At least they have equipment here, but do they have players to actually don those helmets? And I'm not so sure.
4: So this will be the big thing today in terms of what team the Jaguars are actually able to put out onto the field. And I thought there was an interesting point raised earlier this week at Unfiltered when somebody said, uh, and I believe it was on Unfiltered, and someone said, "Is there any chance the head coaches get <laughs> together and have a conversation?" <laughs> yes, that happened on, on
3: Unfiltered. It did. Yes, yeah, it like did. just try I, to. The guy who generally sits in USC right. came up with that,
4: and and I don't believe that would ever happen. But I wonder if no. there's an underlying thought from either side, like we know what this is today, and if the game appears to be in hand one way or the other, are we going to have that kind of mind meld across the sidelines, like? You know what I'm going to do here? I know what you're going to do. Get, help me out. I'm going to try and do this.
0: Yeah.
5: I, I don't think the rain is really helping matters at all for the Jags. And I'm kind of wondering if it's like that 08 Cardinals game, I think, Paul. You yeah, the only that thing a is it's not they, cold. They were good. It's they not were cold. good, though. But they still didn't really fake like playing. They didn't
3: know. run out like Kurt Warner. I like yeah, what was the theory that Fred uh,
4: threw out there, like the coaches get together and say, They said, don't well, have, the, have don't enough have players have to, to play, head. so right.
3: they're not going to play again. They're just going to have like a joint practice. In and, and the Jags coaches, Daryl Bevel, is going to talk to Bill and say, What do you want to work on? I, I'll, <laughs> I'll set up some scenarios. Right, <laughs> right. And unfortunately, I was reading a text at the time, and I didn't really catch this. And then someone mm-hmm. wrote in or called in shortly thereafter, and, and and I was like, What? And then Eric goes, No, that's what that's what Fred said earlier. <laughs> and I said, What? <laughs> <laughs>
4: but Theory. if there is some concession that takes place maybe well into the game, I I wouldn't be surprised if we see some odd things out there today because – the, the Jags are going to have a problem fielding an actual starting football team today.
5: Yeah, they did get some guys back yesterday, so it, it's not quite um, – and I'm looking here at, at the hour lads to try to figure out exactly who who is still on the COVID list, who is not. But
3: All those guys still listed um, in pink?
5: Yeah, there's definitely a bunch. Um, but the offense looks a little bit better. It just looks like right now – uh, starting center Brandon Linder and starting right guard Ben Barch are the are the two on the COVID list. Defense a little bit a little bit more. Shaq Griffin, Andrew Wingard, Rudy Ford, Clavon Chase. On um, they did, however, get Josh Allen back. Pretty good little defensive and outside linebacker that they have.
0: Um,
3: yeah, yeah. So so a, sorry, week, so a weak offensive line that can't protect its rookie number one overall pick to start with is missing two, two. starters. Yeah. That's no, correct. No, nothing to worry about. there. Yeah. Uh,
4: all right. Well, let's. Uh, Twenty
3: seven. I think was the the high for the week. Yeah. Twenty seven players uh, were on the COVID reserve list for the Jags Good, at one grief. point. All
4: right. Well, it's football time, fellas. Let's get into it. Okay. Uh, Why did you leave the keys up on the table? You wanted to. Nice. You've waited all week. for was The whole perfect. team's in
5: the locker room right now just listening to this, waiting to hear what you're
4: going to say. Without these keys, the Patriots are destined and doomed to fail.
1: Here are Hardy, Paul, and
4: Mike's keys to the game. Why did I steal your key to the game also? Uh, you have
3: the key. To the game. You have the right one
4: keys to the game brought to you by paul mike and hardy and we'll give you the keys to victory for the patriots today we begin with mike duceau oh thank you mike what's the Do you what have d- the floor <laughs> what's the key triangulation across Crossfire. that's, that's key. the key
5: that's the key <laughs> yeah we're gonna try to uh, assassinate the jaguars and <laughs> <Lyndon today>. Johnson <laughs>
4: waiting in the wings it's a coup d'etat <laughs> it's
5: a military style coup d'etat <laughs> I don't think we're going to need that today against the Jags. We'll probably just need a, a regular-style coup d'etat. Um, but my, my key for the game is play clean and execute. I, I don't know how many different ways I can do you know the key of stop getting penalties, stop turning the ball over, and play your game. You know um, what? <laughs> Until they do it. Yeah, and there you go. So this is my new way of saying it, play clean and execute. Um, early in the week, how do we know what Jag team was going to show up? Um, I don't think it really matters. I think this game is about the Patriots. I think they need to you know just get back on track and, and, and stop. Killing yourselves, get off to a good start. Stop throwing interceptions. You know, win the line of scrimmage. Just kind of reestablish what you had during the seven-game win streak. Um, I don't think we're going to learn anything monumental about the Patriots today, other than hopefully that they can get back on track and, and execute. And I think that's the that'll be the biggest thing to take away. Um, you know, just try to get out with no injuries, and, and we'll see what happens around the rest of the league. Because four o'clock today, we very well could be talking about the Patriots clinching a playoff berth, which would be uh, a nice a nice way, maybe maybe the bigger storyline than, than necessarily what happens on the field here today against the Jags.
4: All right. That's a good one. Uh, they they got to play clean. They got to play somewhat mistake free in order for this not to, I don't want this to be a game today. Right. I, I don't think there's any way this can be a game and you can walk away uh, thinking that the the Patriots have somehow righted the ship. If you want the, if you want to have a real belief in their abilities to succeed in the postseason. season, and you know, make the postseason number one, and then to succeed in it, you have to uh, handily take care of this team today. So that playing clean is a big part of it, Mike. Yeah, what, I, what do you I, think?
3: I agree with Mike uh, as as well. Um, but I, you know, along those lines, it's it they need to get back on the winning track. I mean, I think that that's first and foremost. We know this, but i i just think that they need to get off to a better start and, and I think that the last couple of games we've talked a lot about well, this team can't play from behind this can you know they they need to play with more intensity right from the start of this game. I think you got a team Mike you alluded to the fact that you know it's wet out here too, they might really not have much incentive for being here. they're playing out the string. well, don't give them any reason to 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 not want to just play out the string. Get off to a good start today. Get those, uh, those problems that have been happening early in the games. Put them behind you. Take a two-score lead after the first quarter and, and never look back. To Hardy's point, we don't want this to be a game. We want this to be a comfortable win. I'm not telling you I'm going to sit here in the postgame show and say, wow, baby, Patriots are back, You know, regardless of what happens in this game today. But I, I will be really, really disappointed if it ends up being, you know, say, a 21-17 win that goes down the, the wire. Mm. Play with some intensity right from the start and put this team away.
4: Um, you know, for me, I, I I think defensively, you know, this team is is probably in a, in as good a position as any of the three units right now. So I want to see them do something offensively today. And for that, I say, go back and try some more trickery. Get something going to spark your offense again. I, I don't know that they can do it just by playing nuts and bolts, good, solid. I, I don't know that they have the personnel. I don't know that they have the chemistry built yet. And this goes back during the winning streak, too. Yes, they looked very good at times against the Jets. And they looked good on certain drives. But uh, like a sustained offensive effort, I haven't really seen. No. And and we haven't seen much in the way of any kind of offense for two games now. Really? Three? Yeah. Yeah, Of course. Yeah. You go back to the win against Buffalo. Absolutely. Uh, Paul, great point. So do something that kind of sparks things. And, you know, it's like the sound of the ball rolling into the cup. You know, you can't make anything. Your your game is garbage one day. If you have a one-footer that's a tap-in, you know what? Go in and knock it in anyway. Just get that feeling of actually finishing out and and, and doing something good. And if you need some trickery in, in in order to do that today. Now, I'm not saying it's going to work. You know, we saw a, a flea flicker, uh, Attempt. was it last week or the week before yeah last week um,
3: uh, was it last week wasn't it I, are they blended together for me uh, I, I thought it was the Mick. week before where he missed the guy that was He Harry was open I think it was in Indy and he threw it uh, short
4: but it was after the back had run like well into the line. I'm like, is he supposed to be that yeah, deep? Yeah, the
3: timing of the flea flicker. Yeah, was,
4: was a, I off. mean, the, there was a missed block, and you know, <laughs> I the, think
3: Bolden had to make a guy miss before he pitched it back. <laughs>
4: uh, Bolden yeah. had to like step around, right? You know, a, you know the nose tackle who had, you know, had gotten across the line. Like, hold on a second, could you move? I have to pitch this back to my quarterback. Yeah, Thank to you. your point
3: about the offense, I'm just looking back at the schedule and. He, the ter- Remember the turnovers that the Patriots were creating in like record numbers for a couple of weeks there? The Atlanta game on the Thursday night, uh, in the Tennessee game, I think they had like nine turnovers created in those two games combined. But you look at offensively, it was 25-36, 14-17-21. The 25 included a pick six. The 36 included, f- I think, five turnovers by the Titans in that game, if I'm not mistaken. It was something along those lines, yeah, four or five four. turnovers. Yep, four. Um, So they really haven't had a really good offensive game going all the way back to that Cleveland game, which I thought was by far and away their best offensive game of the season. So get Mac Jones back on track. Get him comfortable early on today. Come out with intensity. If you need tricks to do it, Hardy, I'm fine with it. I mean, I don't care what it takes. Get back to to playing the way that they want to play from in front. Uh,
4: I think it's going to be um, important for them, not just for today. Which I hope nothing is important for them today in order to to get a win against uh, a two and thirteen team. I, I, this there might
3: be some important games that we'll be watching today. Oh, though. there's sure. going to nine gonna. nine one o'clock games. I think uh, counting the Patriots and uh, you know. The red I'm zone. Still, I'm still looking at Atlanta. it's still <laughs> looking at Atlanta and <laughs> Buffalo. You never know.
4: Fitzy hope. tweeted out a little while ago: "Go Titans, go Colts, go Falcons, go Rams." There you go. You know that that's those are your rooting yeah, interests. Who so the Rams play? Uh, the the r- Ravens. I
3: don't care about the Ravens. Yeah, All right. um, yeah, yeah. I I, I think. Uh, yeah, they're at Baltimore. Yeah. I, I would I would take it a step further. I I would scratch I mean in terms of you can always add one to the list but I would scratch the Rams off the list and put the Chiefs there go Chiefs because I think and I've talked about this with Mike yep. a little bit yep. this is a sneaky scenario that I think could be beneficial for the Patriots and that is Cleveland wins the last two games Cincinnati loses to Kansas City today Cleveland's the AFC North champ at 9-8 and eight. that would be the fourth seed Patriots can get to the five seed I'll t- yes please I'll take that matchup okay as Even if Buffalo doesn't lose and Buffalo ends up the AFC East champ, I'll take the five seed going to Cleveland. That's a game I think the Patriots would win. So that's a sneaky scenario yeah. to root for.
4: Uh, you're talking about the offense and, like, the number of points from defense and the number of points that Nick Folk has provided to you, especially during that win streak. I mean, you, to to get some more offense a in the red record. zone. What's that? <laughs> it's a for new record.
3: First 15 minutes of the pregame show. <laughs> Well, first job, of all,
4: I wanted to bring up, was Nick Folk on the injury report earlier this week? Yes. Is he all right?
5: Yeah, he's been on for a while. I think he's been on She's It's yeah, just Bethany. a typical yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. all right. So I wouldn't
4: that's worry, like, but I wouldn't worry about your boy. I'm not worried about him, but I'd also, I wouldn't mind seeing him used a little bit less. Don't, don't, how about this? Don't beat Jacksonville 33 to 10 today, and then we have to come in here and talk about how, uh, 15 of those points were on the five <laughs> field goals that Nick Folk made. Yeah. As much as I love the guy, and I'll have him first on the good list.
3: Oh, yes, you will. That ain't yeah. good. No. no. I, agree. Folk
4: I, mean, I think that's one of the kind of funny
5: things coming out of that last game was that, you know, everything that they did terribly, but hey, they were three for three in the red zone. We were talking a lot about, hey, you got to finish in the red zone. And they kind of did finish in the red zone. I know it's not, you know. Actual, but I think that that's a huge key for the offense and, and you know going forward against the better teams, executing down there and, and finding a way. I mean, they thought they you know ran the ball pretty well last week in the red zone. Can Mac Jones get back to you know finding Hunter Henry and finishing drives off with, with touchdowns, throwing the ball? I'd love to see that today. I think that will be good. And you know, I know it's not terrible weather, but I think it's another chance for Mac Jones to get his feet wet so to speak and and play in a little bit of a cold go. and rain and all that There we go. Now, 48
3: degrees. Another chance for Mac Jones to check off <laughs> it's a, a box. Wet. It's a little wet, a little Here wet. We go. A little wet. Get out there. Hey, inclement uh, weather quarterback. We did have a little news. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh Adrian, Adrian Phillips. Phillips. Big news. Yeah. Adrian Phillips yesterday
5: three-year extension according to uh Adam Schefter, I believe was uh one of the first ones to have it. Adam Kaplan I think was actually the first one to have it, but um yeah, great news. I mean, it's we've talked a lot about the defense and all the free agents that they got coming up. Devin McCourty, J.C. Jackson, uh, and the team. I mean, Adrian Phillips—he's just been an instant fit since he arrived last year. Led the team in tackles last year. Kind of embodies everything that they love about a versatile safety linebacker kind of hybrid that can do a number of things and. Uh, you know, it's a good move to sign him and and get him, especially a really cheap deal too. I'm sure that was like, I think it's like 12 million total guaranteed, something like that. Or sorry, there's only a couple million. I got to look at the exactly the numbers, but I mean, real, real good deal as far as locking up a guy who's, who's playing like one of your top playmakers right now. Um, And, you know, I just, I think they got to figure out how they're going to build around him. You know, how are you going to, what are you going to do with the linebacker positions? It's just, I don't want to stay in this place where they, they continue to kind of lean on these strong safeties in the box and, some games they kind of get caught being neither here nor there, getting run over. Um, but I think it's a it's a slam dunk for what he does and just the kind of guy he has always enjoyed listening to him talk. He's been a good locker room fit. So one of those rare instances where a guy just seems like a perfect fit, he comes here, he gets fits right in, and uh, and now he's going to be here for, for at least another you know few years. So it's uh, good news, good news to make an early move and kind of solidify a little bit on yeah, the that's back Yeah,
3: because that's one of those guys. I think they have a chance for significant turnover on defense. There's one guy I think that you – found a way to keep. So um, I, I think if you were, you know, looking for a reason to be negative, you might say, what does this mean? Uh, does this say anything about Kyle Duggar? That maybe they're not as convinced that he's that guy going forward, but I think it's more about the veteran status of McCourty, yeah. like Mike said, and you want to make sure you have two uh, two guys locked up in, in Duggar and in, in Phillips, obviously. And it, it does seem like a, a pretty – pretty cheap deal yeah I just I
5: was pulling that up right now so yeah it's um it's worth 12.75 million max value of 14.25 um 7.25 guaranteed so it's so we're talking le- less than five a year that's crazy I mean that's you know I mean that's
3: great. I mean that's probably you know probably a pretty good deal for both sides I like, would think so it's yeah. not a uh it's n- it's certainly not breaking the bank but I don't think it's like vastly undervalued either.
4: no 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 I, I think it's a definite player is definitely worth the money
3: Oh yeah, 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 yeah so. for sure. All right, uh, we're a little sti- surprised that he would sign a deal like that before free agency. But sometimes guys just want to stay where they are and they don't really care.
4: Yeah, maybe you know he wants to be a Patriot. Paul, is that so crazy? Can you? Can you? Yeah, uh, but
3: I, yeah, I think he could have wanted to be a Patriot and maybe Jack
5: up a little bit. <laughs> Uh, worth pointing out, too, just one last point on them is, is he and Hightower were, were missing from practice on Friday. So yeah. I don't know if that was a veteran day off kind of thing.
3: Well, it said illness needs. You know, so sorry. I don't, yeah, I don't think correct. that's a veteran so he day came off. Up. But I also found it interesting, Mike, and in along those lines that Hightower missed practice on Wednesday. But a lot of the local guys had, quote, unquote, a source that indicated he was good to go. Didn't see the same for Phillips.
5: No, that's you? And as you as you pointed out, the illness thing popped up Friday for him. He had been he has been on with the knee injury that he suffered at the end of the Buffalo game, but that was the new thing. Hightower's been on for a knee, but he just did not play. Did and not. And the practice. Patriots
3: also had a number of guys that were cleared yes. uh, from COVID reserve. Uh, you know, most notably Matthew Judon and Juwan Bentley, but also guys like Hoyer, Uche, um, Uche Brandon King. Brondin, Brandon King. Yeah, I think King. the only the Patriots only got one guy left According right now to, on COVID. Yeah. It's it's Cajust. According I, to Reese, Kajust is the only one that's still on COVID.
4: I was looking forward to seeing Stidham over there on the sideline just Stiddy. to get
3: a just to get a well look you know at what? Stiggy. You may. I wouldn't rule that out. All right, yeah. all
4: right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of COVID, let's go behind enemy lines and talk with our Jacksonville
1: Jaguars guest. You know the view from New England. We go behind enemy lines. But what about the view from the other side?
3: And that's why you're our favorite uh, pregame show uh, guest. Yeah, every year. You guys
1: know you tell everybody that. Oh yeah. I was on with you guys in
2: 2018 Thursday Night Football. Yep. And I was told I was the favorite guest of
1: the show. <laughs> nope. No. Time now to go behind enemy lines.
0: I got it. It's coming right.
4: Taking a shot at the title of favorite behind-the-enemy-lines guest is uh, Mark you best Long. Best not miss. Uh, that's right, Mark Long of the Associated Press, uh, joining us now on the uh, Patriots pregame show fueled by Duncan. Mark, how are you this morning?
6: I'm good. I'm feeling some pressure now. Well, <laughs> I
4: mean, it's big shoes. to. I mean, you're, you're talking about taking down John McClain. I mean, uh, do you have well, it in you?
6: It, but this is – I got a bigger debacle on my hands. I got a bigger dumpster fire. So there's more – I really honestly got more fodder. So John might be in trouble. As big as that dumpster fire is in Houston, uh, Jacksonville says, here, hold my beer. Yes. <laughs> so twice the size and twice the inferno and way more moving parts and way more dysfunction from the owner down, down to the punter. I mean, it is as, as ridden with strife and angst and dysfunction as any NFL franchise I've seen, and I've been doing this
4: for 20-plus years. Wow, he's coming out swinging strong in the first start. round. Strong, I start. strong, strong. It reminds
3: me of my childhood rooting for the Patriots. <laughs> 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 you know,
4: John McClain said to us years ago uh, before one, uh, a Thursday night game, uh, he said something – or it was I, – I forget what the context was, but he, he had mentioned that the Texans had played the Jaguars on a Thursday night game, and he said – it wasn't the worst Thursday night game of all time. He said, it may have been one of the worst NFL matchups in the history of, of NFL scheduling. So, I mean, it, you, like you guys share a commonality the Jags.
6: there. So, I, you know, I don't know what John, where John's coming from, but that's like, I get that every week with the Jags. It's like, you don't, see, and here's the thing, we have been saying that all season, the beat writers, we go, it can't possibly get any worse. And then we go, wait, 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 it just got worse. And that's exactly what, you can't, you, you can't possibly get any worse. With Urban Meyer, and then somehow it gets worse. And now the fans have turned on the general manager. The fans have turned on the owner. We got, player, we got 13 guys out today, including eight starters. And there's questions about whether some of them opted out late in the week. They're going, hey, you know, after you know yep. James Robinson got hurt last week, I, let me go get checked for COVID. I'm feeling some symptoms. And all of a sudden, they're still going to get paid. And they don't have to risk any kind of injury or anything uh, this week. So there's some shenanigans going on in Jacksonville, no <laughs> wow. doubt. Wow.
5: Well, i got to ask you about Trevor Lawrence. I know it's uh, maybe a little bit of a silver lining that, that he's still on the roster and that you're able to secure him. How, you know, how, what have you seen from him this year? I know there's been a lot of turmoil around him, but just generally his, uh, you know, his development from when, he ret- from when he arrived.
6: We've seen an unbelievable leader, and that's, that's really all you can say. That's all we can judge him on right now because there's so much dysfunction around him. But this is a guy who basically came out you know, the day before, hours before Urban Meyer got fired and said, we've got to stop the drama. It's too much. There's, it's Every week we're in the headline. So, you know, and, and two days before he told us that, or a day before he told us that, he was on Shad Khan's yacht saying the same thing to the owner. So this, that's a guy, you know, as a rookie, 13 games in, it was showing some unbelievable leadership and stepping forward and really taking the reins of this thing and going, we can do better. And we can do better from a head coaching standpoint. We can do better in the draft, all those things. So I think from that standpoint, he's made huge progress. On the field, I mean, they've screwed the guy up. Probably, I mean, he doesn't have a touchdown pass in in eight weeks. Uh, I think it's or maybe one in, in two months, whatever it is. And uh, it, it's bad, and there, there, you don't you don't see progress. And you know, there was a little bit last week, but they're playing at the Jets, who were down, you know, X number of players on defense. I think they were down five starters on defense, so it's even hard to even gauge that. But he's, he's playing with a receiving core that stinks, that drops the ball on him all the time. He's playing with an offensive line that was awful before today where they're playing without three starters. Uh, There's just not a lot around him to judge what he's doing on the field. But when you break it down, I mean, the guy's got all the mobility in the world. He's got a big arm. He makes some good reads. He doesn't turn the ball over a ton. Uh, Even when he's getting hit back there, he's holding on to it, and he's not throwing a lot of interceptions aside from that one debacle of a game. So there's progress.
3: So, Mark, I wanted to, to touch base with the comment you made about the, the strife with the owner, the general manager, GM in particular, Trent Balky. There were reports this week that, that, that Shad Khan might want to hang on to him. And if that's accurate, first, I guess that's the first part. But the second part would be how do you think that would affect the, the coaching search? Because here in New England – we have some interest in that because the offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, is sort of annually involved in some of these coaching searches. I'm just wondering what the case is with Trent Baalke.
6: If it is true, if he is indeed keeping Baalke, and, and that, are, that is you know, kind of the, what we're hearing, that it, it's the wrong thing. And of course, it's the Jaguars. What, it's exactly what the Jags are going to do, because what have they done for the last decade plus is they've done exactly the wrong thing. and. So Balky's probably involved, no question. He's, in, he's already sat in on Doug Peterson's interview Thursday. We know that. And it looks like they're going to keep Balky because, you know, because it's the easy thing to do. Because if you go ahead and you blow this thing up, then khan has got to go hire a general manager before he hires the head coach or hire him simultaneously one of the way. And it's just it's a lot of work. And for a guy who doesn't live in Jacksonville, and this doesn't seem to be his pri- main priority, the Jags got a lot of other irons in the fire. And so, you know, a lot of times he does take the easy approach. It's not that he doesn't care, but it's, it's when you don't know football and he doesn't know football and being an owner for 10 years doesn't, you know, isn't going to teach you football. And so, and I think he talks to the wrong people. Pick up the phone. I said this a bazillion times this week. Pick up the phone and call somebody. You've got to know people in this league. And I'm not talking about Robert Kraft. Don't call your owner buddies and ask them what you should do because, A, they don't know Trent Baalke. And, B, they they don't know what's going on in Jacksonville. Uh, and, C, do they really want you to succeed? You've got the franchise quarterback. Do you want to give the Jags a good GM and a good head coach to go with Trevor Lawrence and actually make put the pieces around him, uh, you know, finally moving forward that they haven't been able to do for the last decade or plus? You know, I'm, my guess is, you know, the other 31 owners would tell them to keep Trent Baalke because, you know, of course right. the guy's got the worst reputation in the league. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's, it's a, they're the laughing stock right now. And I've talked to all kinds of general managers, coaches in the last week. They're the laughing stock if they keep Trent Balky. And now the fans have turned on him. I don't know if you guys know, know what the fans have done, but all these fans, thousands of fans, have changed their Twitter avatar to a clown with ShotCon's mustache over it. Oh. And so they get on every Zoom this week. They get on, and all they do is they, they get on with their clown emoji and they send clown emojis. And that's been the week. It's been the unbelievable week. And next week for the season finale against Indy, they're planning to bring in clown faces and clown paraphernalia with mustaches on them, just ripping the owner for this decision. So, you know, if 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 Shad Khan changes his mind, it'll be because of this backlash that he's gotten from media and fans and maybe even somebody, maybe even his, his own people in his own building because that's where it really comes down to is you know there's people in there in that building, coaches and players who don't trust Trent Baalke, nor should they.
4: Are there enough novelty and costume stores in Jacksonville <laughs> to handle the run on, on, <laughs> that, on these they, items? They'd be willing
6: to drive to Orlando. Ah. A lot of places nearby. Well,
4: Ringling Boy, Brothers used Amazon to have their is their th- yeah. No, the-
6: Amazon is amazing. Get that Prime <laughs> membership. Get it to you in two days.
4: Yeah. So, <laughs> supply chain not affecting uh, clown accessories. Um, no. What what about uh, just just quickly, um, Mark. The the players who you said feels like it may be kind of an opt out. It's like oh, I'm feeling symptomatic. Uh, any of the fan backlash directed toward the players? Obviously, it has been at Urban Meyer and the GM and the coach. Are the players uh, hearing it from the fans also?
6: Well, not as much. They're really they're really focused on the general manager and the head coach. You know who obviously had you know made himself a clown and the central figure here and now the owner for keeping the general manager they want a clean suite they want a a new gm they want a new head coach two guys who are tied to the hip married for for all intents and purposes they're not going to turn on each other and you tell them hire the two together and tell them you guys are tied one you go you both go one guy goes like yeah because you can't get all this finger pointing and that's what jacksonville has been for a, a decade of dysfunction with all this finger pointing between the front office and the head coaching and the Coaches in the front office, people people picking the players and the people coaching the players, they're all pointing fingers at each other to try to save themselves. And it, it's just been a complete S show. And uh, the owner it doesn't live here, so we don't even know if he knows about it. Wow. So it, it, it's, it's just comical. And, and now when you get guys, you talk to people around the league and it's like, okay, it, there were teams out there, guys that I know played in Jacksonville or out there. They feel some maybe feel symptomatic on Friday, Saturday of last week. Well they wait till Monday. They isolate themselves from their family, from their other teammates, and they wait till Monday and they go get tested Monday. And then the five day wait, they're able to play the next week. Well in Jacksonville, all of a sudden you got guys showing up at the doctor, you know, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and even yesterday, Saturday, all of a sudden reporting symptoms. Well, if they test positive, they're out automatically. They still get paid. They don't have to make the trip. They don't have to get their butt kicked. They don't have to risk Doing what James Robinson did last week, which was a guy who could have gotten paid in the offseason, 2,000 yard years. He blows out his Achilles early in the game, and now he's done. And, you know, six weeks, six months on the shelf, and you wonder, you know, he's not getting paid, especially with a new staff coming in here. So those kind of things, you got to, they're, they're, they're human nature, especially on a 2 and 13 team.
4: Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, okay, Mark, we always ask our guests on Behind Enemy Lines to provide us with a score prediction, a final <laughs> score prediction. <laughs>
6: What, what do the Patriots want to score? That's the question. What do the Pats want to score? Mark, just so you know, here's, here's
3: you're making one. a strong run at John McClain today. This is strong run. It's, I mean, it's just entertaining.
6: Anyway, if if Bill Belichick has an ounce of of like of feeling sympathy for somebody, then, then maybe he calls off the dogs in the third quarter. But and don't forget now, it's Daryl Bevel. Daryl Bevel's the guy who gave Bill one of his rings by not running Marshawn Lynch on the one yard line all the pass play (laughs) with Seattle pick, right, as an interception and the Patriots win. So maybe Bill feels a little extra sympathy for Daryl Bevel, the guy who helped him get one ring, and maybe this thing's like thirty one to three. Yeah, God. very, very, yeah, very,
3: very, very strong. Oh, it's, uh, you know what? <laughs> even it's brought it, even ball. brought it home with a with a very, very strong finish <laughs> with the prediction.
4: <laughs> it's not even like us being Patriots honks No, it. it's just, it's just, wow, it's fantastic. All right, Mark, uh, thank you so much. Enjoy the game today. Oh,
6: it's going to be fantastic. Three hours of Root Canal again. <laughs> yes. That's what it is for every Jag fan. And it has been for years. <laughs> three hour Root Canal every Sunday.
3: It's amazing that they were here for the AFC Championship. A- what? Oh, four, four years ago.
6: Fluke.
3: Fluke. <laughs> and they should have won the game. They should have won. Jacksonville should have won They were the winning game. with, what, four minutes left? Yes. Well, they had a 10-point yep. lead in the fourth
6: quarter. Yes.
3: Oh, my Mom God.
6: Jack wasn't down.
3: Yeah, if not for a terrible officiating call they lose oh boy
4: uh, uh mark fantastic job thank you so much hope we no get to problem. talk to you again
3: all right anytime. Uh, thank happy you thank new you. year mark thanks there we go i, uh, I was so ready to
5: just hang up and listen Oh my <laughs> God. that's basically
3: what i was doing. like that was a tour de force that was a tremendous Strong. tremendous amount of fact laced with vitriol <laughs> yes. like in, in frustration which yeah. i can understand because of when you have a team that's been that poorly run it's hard not to feel that way right well, uh, that was just good, good stuff. And, and I, we talked about that on, on Patriots Unfiltered. Just, the, you know, 27 guys, I'm sorry. That's not just happenstance. That's a bunch of guys like, uh, yeah, I got, I think little, I got, I got stuffy cold stuffy nose. I got I I a little COVID. I, I, I need to get tested. And <laughs> I didn't even think of the timing aspect. But their guys were smart enough to wait till late in the week. <laughs> but they oh. can't, clear. So can't they clear. Can't clear. I Can't clear. Got. A, I got a test positive. I'm going to go. I'm going to go in on Wednesday or Thursday. That yeah. way, I can't play. I still get paid, and I don't blow up my Achilles like James Robinson. I think that's. Uh, and and I'm not telling you that all 27 guys did that, but I'll bet you what a decent amount en- of them did enough
5: that there's probably some guys here today for the Jaguars that are like, what the hell. Like what? you guys. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's already, like, a fractured locker room, all that kind of stuff to right. begin with. But, like, if you know guys are pulling that and you got to come here and you're going to play a, an NFL football game for nothing and other guys are kind of tapping out, it's just, I mean, it's going to be a, a major rebuild there. This, I don't even – what is it, a rebuild? It's a, they, they continue to try to build.
4: I tell you what, not not just as Patriots fans, but you love our guest there, Mark Long, but if you are, like us, a fan of – informed viciousness and that's <laughs> what that was yeah, right it, that's it a great, great phrase yeah. it was um it was a clinic informed viciousness so uh let it be known everyone who's going to call into the patriots pregame show today fueled by duncan 855 pats 500 the bar has been set that was our first call and uh now you have that to live up to today so we'll go to pat in agawam pat bring it buddy you're on the uh, patriots pregame show what do you got
7: do I ever live up to anything so
3: no. yeah. Yeah. I hope so
7: <laughs> theres there's two things I want to see come out of this game. number one, most importantly, I want to see these guys come out healthy. I think that's paramount for for any game that's that's the one thing we always try and look for this team to come out as healthy. but um as far as like the psychology of the team goes, like I don't care about the final score. I don't care if they win by two points. I just want to see this team come out and have some energy because the last two weeks have been very sort of disheartening to me, especially the Indy game where they came out just completely flat and didn't sort of wake up until the fourth quarter. And they for the whole game, they pretty much didn't, didn't match Indy's intensity. And they did the same thing last week with Buffalo. And this is a team, I mean, if you can't gear up for a team that, that's ailing like the Jaguars are, I, I don't know what the hell you're doing going onto the field today.
5: I mean, this just seems like a classic boogeyman matchup where they're going to go out there and they're going to look like world beaters again and yeah. be celebrating and energy and everything that you didn't see the last two weeks is going to be there against the Jags. And, you know, maybe some people will buy yeah. it. but.
3: And I'm just wondering, is it, will it be a, a result of energy or opponent? Yeah. Because I think that people often equate coming out flat with not playing that well. And I think they haven't played very well, especially uh, last week. I thought two weeks ago you could make an argument they were flat. You get a punt block. Yep. You jump offside. Like I, I can sort of live with the the lack of intensity. I don't think they lacked intensity. No, last week last I think they got their butts kicked. Last I, week. I, I think there's th- a big difference.
4: The first offensive drive the Patriots had last week, they weren't flat. They just didn't play well. Right. They you got- know the, the offensive line was a sieve. Yeah, and you can and- make
3: an argument that they didn't have intensity. Absolutely. But it's completely diminishing what the other team did. Yes. Yes.
4: All right, Pat. Thanks for the call, buddy.
8: Got it, guys. All right.
4: Let's go to uh, Tony in Canada, joining us now on the Patriots pregame show. Tony, what's going on?
8: Hey, guys.
9: Uh, well, a couple of thoughts, but I'll, I'll ask you about this. I have a theory or prediction to make about John New Smith. He's going to be the new Nikhil Harry of the New England Patriots. <laughs> I heard Josh McDaniels was asked about about him a couple weeks back, and he said, yeah, i just got to figure out a way to get him into the offense. And what I think is that if he hasn't figured it out by now week 17 that it's not going to happen so tell me if i'm wrong and why i'm wrong because i don't think it, it's the case
3: jono smith's contributions to the patriots this year have vastly exceeded anything Nikhil Harry's done in three
4: yeah and i don't think it's fair to, to he's s- a
3: blocking tight end he hasn't had the the gaffes that Nikhil harry is first of all he's been on the field and playing which puts him well ahead of Nikhil harry in most weeks like Nikhil Harry has been a net zero for three years. Yeah. Jono Smith has been disappointing.
5: Yeah. I I see some crossover in the penalty department. I think – and that's just like, you know, those are the things whenever – you know, you had the drop last week by Nikhil – you know the penalties couple times you've had big plays called back cuz the penalties on John I mean like he's just I understand what he's saying just he's kind of in that target where he's you know, we want him to be more productive based on what they paid him based on what we thought he was going to be disappointing um, no doubt disappointing Ball. but I think Josh Ball. has done everything he could to get him involved he, uh, I just don't think he I'm can thinking. get involved in the conventional offense, and I think if anybody you know, quote unquote, needed to get him involved, it would be you know Mac Jones and, and going through progressions and finding him and you know seeing how he's progressed in his, his route running and that, those kind of things. Those are the plays I don't see. There's just no conventional. Oh, he got open and you know shook a guy and, and you know it's always whenever he touches the ball, it seems like it's a it's it's manufactured by a screen
3: pass yep. or you know like it's like wow they have to specific. go out of their way. I agree with you, Mike. And, they, and sometimes they the They've had they to, the keel, too, they've had to the go path. out of their way, but he never gets it. Mm-hmm like i mean we're, compar- we're comparing we're comparing a guy who has you know in year 3 uh, harry has 12 catches like smith has 27 <laughs> like there's I mean, no comparison. Really comparing it's it's them, ridiculously what I'm disrespectful i
9: think going to be a bust that's what i'm saying that's Jarno smith has been a disappointment
3: Nikhil Harry doesn't belong in the league. Like like to me it's apples and grapefruits. Yeah, and Tony it's not even no, close. I, there's
9: two different positions. I realize that. But I, what I'm saying is I don't think they're gonna figure out a way to get John Smith into the into the scheme. I think what you see is pretty much what you're gonna get. Right,
3: but that's what and John Smith's entire career has been. Like his career high is forty catches. He has twenty seven. Nikhil Harry with a rookie quarterback. Nikhil Harry has done nothing for three years. Like Nothing. So then
9: they oh, they overspent on him. Obviously, yes, I guess, yes.
3: They overspent on a lot of their free agents because you have to do that to get them. You overspend well, in free agency as a general rule.
9: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, for what they've spent, and I know they've got a lot of players coming up that are they they would like to re-sign. And I I hate to say it, but I know a lot of teams probably wouldn't be very interested in John. you but somehow maybe getting rid of him or something like that, even if you have to take a hit and a third or fourth round or something. But that's really disappointing that, you know, all the money spent. I realize you can't hit on all your picks. I got that.
4: All right, Tony. I I appreciate the the call. Thank you. I hate to
9: tell them, but they overspent on
3: Nelson Aguilar and Davin Godshaw and Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, too. Yeah.
4: They're they're all overspent. I just – I don't put it all on on John E. Smith. I think Josh McDaniels, I think there's a a good element of truth in him saying – no, we got to still figure out a way to incorporate him a little bit better. It's, I I think I think he's right, and Josh is taking ownership of it. Part of it is Mac, and I, I think and being he is able what to.
3: He is. I, I'm yeah. kind of with Mike and Tony. I think that he is. Uh, the the thing that's different for me is I looked at what he did in his four years in t- Tennessee. Everybody somehow extrapolated. Oh, get him to New England. There's good coaches there, and he's going to go from 40 catches to 60 catches because we're paying him like a 60 catch tight end. Yeah, yeah. The only they, one of It's not usually there. the way it
4: happens. You know what, Paul? But but let's get him to forty first. You know because well, he's <laughs> going
3: to end up in that neighborhood. He's going to end up with like thirty somewhat catch. He's going to be slightly below the best season he ever had. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, That's the I, thing. Is like I hope he he's probably going. You know, I mean, can he catch like two or three more passes? I hope. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, like in, that, the, in the last two in, games. Two games.
4: So you know, let's 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 get him there and then. I, I still think there's room for I mean, improvement. He's been you're, a
3: disappointment. There's no question about it.
4: You're probably right in that what we're seeing is what he is. But I would, I w- would be reluctant to say, oh, God, it's just not going to work out. We've got to start right. figuring out a way and see if there's anyone who might want to you know th- th- deal with us and taking him and his contract. I don't think, uh, I don't think we're there yet.
3: Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, and and I don't want to make this out to be that I'm, you know, I haven't been disappointed than Jonu Smith. I have been. I think the other guys. I think Henry has been much better than than Smith. You know, the, just to compare the two tight ends, um, I think Kendrick Bourne has been much better. I think Aguilar has been equally disappointing as as Jonu Smith. Um, but I think this is what happens when you have to invest so much in free agency. I think. You you have to pay a little more than you probably want, which I don't care because they fit it in the cap. It's easy to do. Uh, I don't really worry about that. I'm worried about the production, and I think that they sometimes, I think they go out and get guys that they see bigger roles. Like, and, it, and it works sometimes. Like Wes Welker was a guy that, based on what he had done through his career, was a ridiculous overpayment. Then he played, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, <laughs> you're getting that? For that? <laughs> You're getting 100 catches for, for $17 million over five years? Like, that's a great deal. But when they signed it, you were like, this guy's never done anything. And so, so sometimes they bring in a guy in with the thought process of, he's going to be much better with us than he was with them. Right. And it works. Now, I, in general terms, that was when Tom Brady was the quarterback. That, that,
4: is, the, that is the one uh, big change that uh, you, you can't necessarily count on that anymore, especially with a guy who's, you know – I it's It only gets said about offensive players, by the way. Very rarely does someone say, "Oh, you know, if defensively, if somebody was uh, underperforming or busting, get him in here, and it's going to be different because the defensive players tend to play at the same level. It's offensively they're going to be a lot different. right. Uh, William in Philadelphia, William, you're on the Patriots pregame show, fueled by Duncan. Hello.
9: Hello, gentlemen. How you doing? Happy New Year to you. you uh, Happy New Year Thank to you, you too, William.
4: William. Good to hear from you. What's up?
9: All right. Um, two questions. Uh, I see that Andre Phillips was uh, was uh, signed. If I'm not mistaken, they extended him.
3: Yeah, a three year extension for Adrian Phillips. Yep.
9: Okay. So, let me ask you, Paul. Do you think? I think. Do you think JC Jackson might get cut? Like, he might just let him walk. I'm sorry. uh
3: it, it's. It's a tough one. Yeah, I think he's going to break the bank. I think he's in line. If he's going to get extended, I think he's mm-hmm. in line for a big, big payday. And uh, I think there's a possibility they might try to put that off a year by trying to franchise him. Um, okay. But if you're asking me right now what my, my mindset is, is I think he will walk. Yes, I think he'll go somewhere else.
9: Okay. And and uh, just to piggyback off your last call in Basin, um, Nelson Aguilar. So he has made what two touchdowns throughout up to now to week up to week seventeen. If I'm not mistaken.
3: Uh, let's see. I got Aguilar in front of me here. Uh, three touchdowns. Yep. Three yeah, three he's touches. been he's been quiet. Thirty six catches, three touchdowns. Like he's had a disappointing right. year too.
9: He's just Why ahead of John Smith
3: him? on the receiving charts.
9: Right. So can't you cut him and save money and try to uh, you know reevaluate that? position basically maybe you can get
3: yeah i I don't have all the the particulars in front of me but generally you can save money by cutting guys but you also incur dead money hits uh, Uh, on the cap so you know you might let's let's just say for argument's sake it might cost you five million on the cap next year if you keep them well it might Mm -hmm. only cost you three million on the cap if you cut them and you can save the money but it's still costing you money on the cap now I have no idea what the particulars are on on both of those deals, but I think it was Tony in Canada, right? That was you know, and, and I think Tony's right. I, I think there's a chance that you won't see some of these guys next year, even guys that they just right. signed this year. I think Tony's absolutely right. Bill will not um, continue if he doesn't feel like that's what's you know the, in in the best interest. Now they might look at John o. Smith and say, all right, it took him it took him a year. He knows what he's doing now, and we can figure it out." Or the other way. He just doesn't have the skill set we need here. But I think he's been primarily a blocking tight end. Um, mm. It just it hasn't really worked for him as a pass catcher. And I think with with Aguilar, I think he's been quiet, too. I agree with you, Will.
9: Okay. All right, gentlemen. Uh, Appreciate continue, it, William. Uh, continue what you doing. Take care. Uh, all right,
4: thank you. Appreciate Thanks. it. Uh, I'll step aside here for a moment. Uh, as we thank Bows, they are proud to be the official sound and official headphones of the New England Patriots and the NFL, Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds. Rule the quiet. Learn more at Bose.com.
10: TouchView Interactive is here to support your hybrid learning, distance learning and video conferencing needs with easy to use tools that allow end users to collaborate, interact and present seamlessly. TouchView Interactive offers a comprehensive line of accessories and software to support your audio needs. Outfit your classrooms and presentation spaces with the future of interactive display technology. Visit touchview.com for more info offered by the Okers Company, celebrating 100 years of service and support.
1: Join the conversation by calling the Ace Ticket Hotline at 855 PATS500 or email the show at webradio at patriots.com.
4: It's just something that you are going to have to suffer through as a watcher of Yellowstone. Cowboy porn.
1: Live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, here's Hardy.
4: Got some inactives there for us, uh, Pauly Paul and the Patriots pregame show fueled by Duncan uh, Jaguars here at Gillette Stadium today for a 1 o'clock kick, and we have the Patriots inactives to share with you now.
3: Uh, I do. Uh, We knew about Nelson Aguilar, um, sits out his second straight game with a concussion, Juwan Williams, Jared Stidham, Nikhil Harry, J.J. Taylor, Sean Wade, Devin Asiasi, so the the one thing I find uh, well a couple things I'm I'm interested in here is Harry went from leading the team in, in snaps last week, um and much like Tony just talked about, it just isn't working, right? Um, and this is my point, like Harry goes from that to inactive. While you're still missing Aguilar, so now they think Christian Wilkerson can can better uh, you know, help them. And maybe Gunnar Olszewski gets more of an opportunity in the slot today, who knows? Um so that's one thing that I found that was interesting. The other thing here, and I, I mentioned this, you know, you had said you wanted to see Stidham. Yeah, I thought maybe there was a chance that you'd see Stidham today, just because uh, Hoyer wasn't around to practice all week, and you know, maybe he was uh, not up to par. You know, much like we didn't see a ton of Kendrick Bourne last week. Um, you know, and that probably the, the Kendrick Bourne part might have something to do with Harry as well. They didn't think they could get a full. Week out of Kendrick Bourne. They went into that Buffalo game not knowing if he was going to play or not, and they just got him back. So maybe that's why Harry's role was so big. And now this week he's not even active. So that's yeah, it's quite a quite a change from one week to the next. Yeah. Uh, but I thought there was a chance you could see Stidham today, but that's not going to be the case.
4: Yeah, and uh, don't get me wrong. It's not that I wanted to see Stidham out there on the field. I just wanted to see him like a unicorn. You know, like, oh, there's Jared Stidham. <laughs> I remember that, dude. Yeah, he's, he's still around. Everything's everything all right. But – Jarrett um, that's, that's, uh Or Stiggy, as I like to call him. All right, uh, 855-PATS-500. Email webradiopatriots.com. Jason in the U.K. said, "Well, you guys have me in fits of laughter at times, get the Jags beat writer back on. That's uh, Jason in the U.K. Our uh, Behind the Enemy Lines guest today, Mark Long of the Associated Press, brought it with a fire and a passion that um, has us in awe. And he was not wrong. Somebody has sent us a, a tweet here at Pauly Paul. Uh, this is Brady. At Brady19, Marie said, this is exactly what Mark Long was referring to. Check out the responses to the Jags poll. So the Jaguars uh, tweeted out something completely innocuous. Game day uh, with a uh, uh, nice artistic rendering of, uh, of a player walking alongside a Jaguar. Uh Jacks versus any, and of the now hundred and fifty eight replies to it that I see virtually every single one is from a fan who has changed their avatar oh to, my goodness to I the, the clown with the w- with the mustache on it. Are you looking at it now? yeah, I saw it it is brutal, I mean it is absolutely merciless i talk about a fan base in
3: revolt this, this is what happens when you level. alienate a fan base yes we yeah. haven't had to worry about that stuff around here uh really in all the sports because they've been so successful over the last 20 years but um i would imagine if there was twitter in the late 70s with the patriots that you would have gotten <laughs> stuff like this cuz i'm telling you i know i'm not joking this is what it was like as a kid you know every time they got good you know they had the mid, you know they had those great chuck fairbanks drafts in like the mid 70s and they you know, developed into one of the best teams in football, and then you know they just nickel and dime the players, nickel and dime the coach, and before you know it, it's stripped to the studs, and you go in two and fourteen again. I mean, it it I'm telling you, it was a cycle. It was very similar to to the the mess that goes on. They couldn't get people to go watch the games, um, much like they do now. It, it was bad.
4: Now, conversely, if you look at the D- Detroit Lions, let's find another bad team, right? Um, they th- tweeted out three three hours ago their game day tweet with uh, Lions at Seahawks. Now, this is a 425 kick today, so maybe people not necessarily up and at them yet. There are only <laughs> uh, a handful of replies, um, but for the most part, it's easy win for the Lions. Let's bring home a W, boys. Let's get a dub today. I mean, that's a franchise that has been on the rocks for decades and don't have anything more to show for their season and you could argue have made some even more painful moves from the GM position with trading Matthew Stafford and just trying to uh, i don't know do something and they're not in revolt i mean that that is a fan base in revolt oh, you've yeah. alienated the entire fan base yeah, this in anger
3: and that i mean I, I in a in a weird way hardy there's been a lot of talk about Jacksonville just not being suited. It's just not a suitable NFL market, right? Yes. In a weird way, it's positive that they have enough people that care that much.
4: I was thinking the same thing. Like, are there that many Jacksonville Jaguar fans? Apparently, there are. No,
3: I was going to make a joke, but you know, and I don't know Mark, so I didn't feel comfortable enough to make the you know sarcastic, snide kind of comment. But they don't like they. You remember when they got into that stadium and they had the tarps to fill up so they could have like you know, Fugazi shut- uh, sellouts right. so they could, you know, do that kind of stuff. And, you know, they, they have to play in London a lot. Um, they're the team, you know, they give up a lot of home games. They don't really have, a you know, a, a big, passionate fan base. So to see them react this way, it, you know, in some ways is probably positive.
4: All right. Um, feel free to join us at 855-PATS-500. You can email the show, web radio at patriots.com you know,
3: show contributor uh, fred kirsch chimes in uh and he's you know we're talking about harry and stuff and he says he's got a hip and and that's true he had a hip injury in the indianapolis game except for that he was removed from the injury report so this is a healthy scratch he's not sitting today because of the hip i think it probably has more to do with kendrick Bourne's status the, you know what has changed from last week kendrick bourne last week like I said, they probably went the whole week not knowing for sure if he was going to be able to be uh, a- activated off the COVID reserve list, and if he was, he didn't practice all week. So he had a smaller role against the Bills, right? This week you have uh, Myers and-, and Bourne back, and you know, you're know back to third receiver status. So if it's going to be third receiver, maybe we'll see if it's another guy. Maybe you give Wilkerson a shot. Maybe you give Gunnar Olszewski a shot in the slot. Who knows? But now you're looking at, like, the extra guy as opposed to a guy last week. They had to have, uh, you know, in, in a front – and it didn't work. I mean, you had to have him in a front-line role, and it didn't work. He didn't have a very good game. Gotcha.
4: All right. Um, have you seen enough of Trevor Lawrence this uh, year to form any kind of opinion on him?
3: Not really. I, I, I liked the way uh, Mark talked about him. There's so much that has gone into it. You've seen something, the physical you see. um, But I've seen so many games where, you know, it's the second quarter, they're down three scores. Like, it's no way to play. It's no way to play as a rookie. I don't think they have a tremendous amount of talent around him. I I think that they obviously had a terrible coaching situation around him with Urban Meyer. Um, And at the same time, I've seen him make some really bad plays. You know, I'm not I'm not absolving him of all the negative uh, stuff that's happened in Jacksonville. Right. He has not been great. So he's got to play better too, but I, I, I think the physical is there. I have seen some wild plays from him. Um, he needs some help. He needs some protection first and foremost and then he's going to need some weapons.
4: In terms of things to watch today, I mean you do have the number one overall pick here at Gillette Stadium today. You might get You know, something in the way of some exciting plays and, you know, take a look at the arm and see if the kid has, you know, something that you can glean from even watching him play with a with a really bad football team right now. But it's it's going to be one of those games today where you hope they are put in a position to have to make some plays because they're going to be behind two scores early on. I, I. I don't know how we're going to be able to sit here and make excuses for the Patriots in the postgame if they don't get up early, stay on top, and win this game big today. It, there's really no other way around it, Paul. Getting a win is important. You talked about it uh, you know, with your keys. You've know, you got to get the win today. Yeah. That's obvious. I agree. The, the thought of them even playing a close game against this team today is so unsettling to me. The thought of a loss, I don't know if any people are really you know for for a team where we shouldn't be circling any wins and expecting them to win after the two losses they just suffered we all saw them the uh, saw the ability to rattle off seven straight and to play enough good football or enough competent football to think that you're going up against a completely incompetent organization today there's no reason not to win this game you can't lose this game today
3: oh god no can't do it I, th- this Losing this game would be an absolute disaster. Like it changes
4: the narrative for this, the entire obvi- season. Obviously the season, but even going forward, it changes the narrative a little bit. Like what are we really building here after all? You know, what do, what do we what do we have to look forward to for next year if they somehow can't put together wind and I don't you know, I don't wanna get too morose about it because as we as we know, anything can happen. But it changes a lot. In terms of how you think about this team going forward, Uh,
3: going forward, I don't know. But for this season, to lose a game like today against an opponent that obviously has no interest in even being, (laughs) based on Mark uh, Mark Jones's uh, Mark Long's behind enemy lines interview. To lose a game like that when you have the playoffs, all you have to do is win your two games, right? You win the two games, you're in. You don't have to worry about anybody else. You win these two games against Jacksonville and Miami, and you're in. Even if you win just today, you can still get in with a loss for either the Raiders or the Dolphins, one or the other, not even both. So to lose a game like that against a two-win team that is dealing with uh, a dozen or so absences – would be completely and utterly unacceptable and would show you that what the success that they had was a little bit of a mirage. It, You know, I think they'd be a lot further away from contender status than we thought.
4: Yeah, I don't want to get back into, you know, the stuff that we were talking about before the Colts game, but, I, you know, I did think there was some value in, in you know, losing one of these games on the way out. I certainly didn't want them to lose two in a row, and I never for the life of me thought that, you know, uh, they would lose to Jacksonville and I do not think they will lose this game today, but you know, one loss was enough for me to say, okay, this is more of reality setting in. I, I've got a handle on this. This, this feels and looks like a, a, a team where it's not all smoke and mirrors. If for some reason, like you said, Paul, um, the, the it it doesn't work out for the Patriots today, then you have to start thinking about oh that was in, in uh, all the mirage that we saw earlier in the season, and I don't want to that's that would be a terrible terrible place for yeah, for but Patriots that's like an off season thing
3: yeah, right that yeah. that's something that will will make you cry during the month of January when you're watching the playoffs with other teams involved in them right
4: Brandon in Buffalo I can't
3: see that, by the way like I literally I, 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 I rarely, don't see it today either and and Fred and I have been. Strong proponents and no penciling in wins this year. This is one I penciled in with, with no hesitation, much like the two Jets games. No hesitation. Yeah. yeah. You're not losing to those teams.
4: No. And uh, earlier in the season, I wasn't even I wasn't willing to, to circle this one. but Oh, I did. Uh, well, just based on the way the Jags have played in the last few weeks and the, the, the team that they're putting on the field today, yes. Yes. They uh,
3: got blown out in week one by the Houston Texans. That's not good. Houston Texans are one of the three worst. That's another team I penciled in a win for. No, huh. I was lucky, but yeah.
4: uh, Brandon, what's going on, buddy?
3: Good. How are you guys? Good. This this, this yeah. holiday. Oh, great! Thank you. And you?
8: Good. Um, this is what I gotta say about the Patriots: is that we need to get back to what we used to do—play action, a lot of play actions, and spread the field down the field.
4: Well, you need personnel to do that, and I don't know that the Patriots have the personnel right now to do that. Paul?
3: Well, the spread the field part, I mean, we're spreading the field with
4: who? Exactly. Who are you going to spread the field with?
3: Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne. Um, Mm -hmm.
8: Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry. Who else? Brandon Bolden.
3: Oh, okay, so, so, he down the field. so running backs and tight ends are spreading the field. Okay, um, I, I'm fine with, with the play-action. I think they do that a lot. I think that they've been a big play-action team this year because I think they've run the ball pretty well this year. I think that helps the play-action. It doesn't have to happen. Um, when you, But you, when you have a team that has a reputation of running the ball the way the Patriots do, I think play-action. I agree with you, Brandon. I think that's a good way to go. They, they need to play better early so they can continue to be um, – sort of balanced Uh, I I think that when they got the last two weeks they've gotten into a situation in the second half where they had to throw the ball more often than not and I don't think it's gone well I think it's no surprise that the first time all year um you know they've consistently been behind in two games were the were the two worst games statistically that Mac Jones has had you go back the, the one that was like that earlier was the other game that they fell two scores behind against New Orleans right so because I think you're, I think you're right, Brandon. I think you want not, the play action because they're
8: not spreading it around to all the receivers. they they're just because they don't have receivers to spread it around it. to.
3: I mean, it's kind of a catch they're just twenty-two. They're dumping
8: it behind the line instead of like just spreading it around like
7: they
3: used to. Yeah, it's but it's I mean, part of that is personnel-based. You know? They don't have the personnel to, to stretch the field and spread it around because they really don't have a lot of receivers. I mean, part of that is a catch twenty-two.
4: All right. Brandon, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, Paul's stepping aside. Deuce had to step out for a few minutes. He's covering for somebody who got, uh, I think Fitzy got stuck in Florida or something. So he had a a commitment that uh, needed filling. So um, it's it's just me and you, kid, here for a while (laughs) as we uh, continue the Patriots pregame show, which is Fueled by Duncan. Can we still play the song? that says that Paul is out of the studio. Is, that, is Can we still do that? Because I do have something I want to talk about. Paul,
3: your duty. He's finally left the room. We're going to
1: talk about things he doesn't like.
6: Maybe
4: Jaws
1: too. He hates them. I don't really know what it will definitely be. Something that Paul
4: doesn't like to talk about.
3: I have your movie talk now. <laughs> yeah, it is well, movie we talk. We don't have to.
4: No, Listen. Uh, and I Paul even got a preview of this when I came in today absurdly early for the program. I like to come in, which some people would call almost late. There's another phrase for almost late. You know what that phrase is on time? I like to come in on time. I was absurdly early for work today. And I started talking with Matt Morrell about one of his favorite topics, which is uh, men and tights. And the superheroes and the superhero movies, uh, DC, but this was a Marvel-based movie conversation because on New Year's Eve with my daughter out, my wife, 11-year-old son, and I all decided we were going to watch a movie together. He likes the Spider-Man animation movie that came out, I don't know, a year or two ago.
1: Into the Spider-Verse.
4: Thank you. Into the Spider-Verse, which I did not see, but I'm like, I'm more of a live-action guy anyway. Let's take a look at one of these new Spiderman Man movies. Let's take a look, and I, you know, I have to figure out which one came first. It's Spiderman Man Homecoming, okay? Let's turn it on and start watching it. To my shock, it picks up mid story, talking about some huge fight that took place with the Avengers. The city is in shambles. There is no mention of the uncle, which I know a bit of uh, the Spider Man backstory, you know, the uncle who dies and he lives with his, his aunt. And, even though this is a Spider-Man reboot with a new character, there's nothing in the way of backstory, but there's enough for us to understand, and I, I explained to my son who Tony Stark is when he shows up and all this stuff, because he's never watched the first Iron Man. He's 11 years old. You know, he wasn't even born when the first Iron Man came out, the, the, the Robert Downey Jr. So last night, and we enjoy the movie, it's fine. Last night, let's watch the next one in the series, man Far From Home. Now, they're talking about the Avengers, spoiler alert, the Avengers being dead. Uh, there's all this stuff going on. I'm like, okay, I know who Spider-Man is. I know who MJ is, but there's so much crap. Apparently, you have to go back and watch all these movies as one big phase, starting with phase one, which begins with the first Iron Man. It's how it was intended. Okay, well, screw your intentions. If you're going to spend... Don't 100-
1: watch movie number 23 and then get mad that you're confused on what's happening. You
4: listen to me, morell as if you're going to make a $100 million movie, you should be able to have that movie stand alone. Now, more enjoyable if you watch the 22 previous movies, fine. But that movie should be able to stand alone on its own, and you can sit and watch it without going huh, every 15 seconds, which is what that movie was. So here's what I did. I went back, and I'm like, all right, you know what, everybody? Uh, Turn it off. Let's watch the Avengers. Let's start this thing and see if we can catch up. You can't even watch the first Avengers movie and know what the hell is going on. You have to apparently go back. Watch Iron Man, Iron Man Two. Then you got to watch some Thor nonsense. Then you got to watch some Black Widow. Then you get to watch these other characters I've never even heard before because they all reference each other. All of a sudden, there's some brother coming down from another planet, and I'm like, I, I-, I have to know what's going. Why do I have to know? This is the first Avengers movie. This is the first one.
1: It was a wrap up. You know, solo movies. Climatic Avengers movie Next phase Solo movies Climatic Avengers story
4: I think it's stupid And I think it, it does a real disservice to the audience Who might just want to sit down and watch a movie Which you can't do with this whole Marvel Universe thing You can't watch a movie and enjoy it You have to watch 20 movies You gotta watch 23 hour long movies Which is two and a half days of your life To understand what's going on
1: I hate to tell you they've added like five more cents it. Yeah, I'm sure they have And you know what? You can keep them. Now I'm not watching any of them. Jokes you, you have to see the last one. Now you've watched Homecoming and Far From Home, you got to watch No Way Home when it comes out. No, I don't.
4: No, I don't because that means I have to go back and watch
1: The two Garfield spider mans yep. And I,
4: apparently I have to watch Guardians of the Galaxy, which looks like a cartoon.
1: It's a great movie, but you don't have to watch that.
4: Oh, I think you do. I think you have to do because there was some mention of the Guardians last
1: night. Yeah, but you don't need to watch That you shouldn't have but to. You can c- read a comic book and see in the little box for full story, check out Avengers, Diff- just to mention, you know, to figure out what happened in one little box. If it's, you don't need to watch every movie to watch, to enjoy a Spider-Man movie, you know? If you it, can go back and watch.
4: If it's it. one or two movies, I'm okay with it. Empire Strikes Back, by the way, works as a standalone. It's more enjoyable if you watch Star Wars, and it'll explain things a little bit better. But holy crap, all the movies they expect you to watch just to jump in and watch a Spider-Man movie? Uh Uh-uh, not going to
1: do it. That's called fan service. They're doing that for people like me.
4: Okay, well, they're they're leaving out a huge chunk of the audience is what I'm saying. Spider-Man
1: No Way Home made a billion dollars before he even hit China. I don't think they're leaving anybody out.
4: Oh, well, if it made a lot of money, it must be good. It must be the right thing to do.
1: They know their audience, who they're making it for. That's my point.
4: Well, my point is this. You can watch Better Call Saul
1: without... would not be. You could not pay me to watch that show. Okay, Breaking Bad is so overrated. Over Better Call Saul is probably just as overrated. You can watch Better Call
4: Saul without watching Breaking Bad. You want to know why? Because I did it. I watched the first season. We had never even watched Breaking Bad, and it's a. Here's a. Here's another. It, I'm getting told big in my ear that that's a prequel. It is a prequel, but they say, "Oh, you got to watch Breaking Bad." That way, you understand why all this stuff is important. No, you don't. No, you don't. You can just watch it. You can watch it because they, they have enough respect for people like me who don't devote their lives to watching movies. Uh, let me tell you, it it was offensive. I was offended by it, and I'm not doing it anymore.
1: Or I got somebody in here to change your, change the subject and calm you down.
4: Tamara Brown is here. Thank God, we can talk some football again. I'm here. All right, Tamara, let me ask you a question. You watch any of those superhero movies, Spider Man, Avengers, all that stuff? Oh, you got to click that red button. Can you hear me now? Yeah.
11: <laughs> I like the Avengers a lot.
4: Okay. Uh, did you watch all the previous movies leading up to The Avengers so you knew what was going on? Cuz I tried watching The First Avengers last night and it's like, "Oh, there's uh there's Mark Ruffalo playing the Hulk and I'm supposed to know everything about him." I th- I don't.
1: I don't know everything about what- yeah, I'll give you that one cuz Edward Norton was the Hulk in the original.
11: <laughs> so Thank you. I Thank w- you. I will be honest and say that I did not watch them in order and I had to go back and start like rewatching to figure out the backstories behind everyone. Okay,
4: all right. And and that's what I tried to do last night when we tried to watch the Spider-Man movie. I tried to go back, and I got so angry, and I got <laughs> such a headache from trying to figure out, wait a second, who, what? Oh, did this already happen? Does this, this, I'm not doing it anymore, I'm all done. So
1: I tapped out.
11: That was me when I was like, Captain Marvel, I've never seen that. And I had to go back and watch Captain back. America. I, I had no idea. Yeah. Captain, Captain Marvel 2,
1: 2019. Yeah. Come on. Captain Marvel?
11: There's a Captain Marvel. Brie,
1: Brie Olsen. Or Larson. I, What's your last name? Watch this. This is this
4: is me being done talking Wilson. about <laughs> it. Tamara tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow can actually talk football. Yes, let's right, do it. All right. You want to t- do you want to talk to some people here? do you want to give me your opening thoughts on the game today? Believe me, the thoughts on the Jaguars today are are not kind. It's really not kind about this entire game. Based on the traffic I saw coming into Gillette today, there's a lack of interest in this matchup for good reason. It's a 2-13 and 13 ball club coming in here that has alienated their entire fan base. A lot of the players didn't even want to make the trip.
11: Exactly, and I think that when you look at this game, the theme this week when I was listening to all of the Patriots players was we have two choices. We can either spiral out of control or we can finish out the season strong. So for me, when I look at this game today, I'm looking to see like, okay, which choice are they gonna take here? Because yeah. you really only have two and you need to pick between one. Right. And I think that in order to complete the second one, they're gonna have to come out fast. I mean, the past couple of games, we've literally seen this team try to come from behind in the second half and that can't happen today, especially against this Jags team who actually did beat the Bills. So I, I need the Patriots to come out here and, and not be so wrapped up in this two and 13 record that the Jags have and just come out here and do what they do best.
4: Well, you're at a point in the season where you can't afford to have that fluky loss. Yep. And and this is the, the thing that it doesn't worry me about this game today. I don't think the Patriots are going to lose. But aside from week one with Miami, which was week one with a rookie quarterback and Mac Jones, the Patriots haven't lost to a team that they
3: shouldn't have lost to.
11: Exactly.
4: I Don't let that happen oh, today I, for I, crying I out loud. I
3: Miami in that group, but I agree with you. I think they've taken care of the teams that are – should be yeah you and know you have the host of patriots unfiltered on tv right here <laughs> <laughs> she's famous tomorrow's fantastic
4: star. and and she was oh, she was more than happy to talk about the avengers nonsense with me but i, I thought how
3: quickly you jumped into my seat too when i had to leave the room i like that uh, uh,
4: it w- actually it wasn't yeah. it wasn't even that quick no? no no she she gave it a respectful <laughs> amount of time she waited for she the did. body to get cold. <laughs> is he coming back? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now look at everybody on the line here. These people probably want to talk about uh, the Marvel movie universe more than anything.
3: Oh, is that uh, what you is I that what don't, we went to?
11: I'll yeah. be honest though, don't give away any spoilers because I did not see Spider Man yet.
4: No. <laughs> I couldn't give away a spoiler if I wanted to. I'm not even <laughs> sure what happened. Deshaun in Virginia. What's up, Deshaun?
2: Uh hello guys. How's guys going? going?
11: What part of Virginia are you from? West Virginia? Nice. I'm from Newport News, Virginia. Do you know where that is? You guys hear me? Can you hear me?
3: Yeah, <laughs> we can hear you.
2: Okay, I want to make sure. Uh, basically, I want to allude to what Paul was saying. I mean, I think with you know, the issues of uh, uh, the personnel, like I don't expect anything to basically change until both sides of the ball get better. I mean, because, I mean, uh, the defenses will continue to iterate to themselves or keep right back to the fact that, uh, hey, guys, as long as we uh, basically stop the run, you know, and as far as these guys are passed, you know, these guys, we can't, these guys can't hurt us. And they know that.
3: Yeah. I think there's some truth to that, yes. It's too
2: slow, especially for uh, some of your more mobile quarterbacks. That's why I believe guys like Josh will continue to hurt us uh, for years to come until we get better personnel to actually stop, uh, you know, guys like him that can move around and run. Because basically he made most of his plays off the run. All, all, off the move, it's not like he's in the pocket most of the, most of the time. He's rolling around throwing the
4: football. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It, it could be an issue going forward. The, the one thing I'll say about the mobile quarterbacks is they have a tendency not to last year up, up after year in the league. But if enough of these guys face the Patriots, yeah, it, and even just on you know one offs or you know for a year or two, yeah, it, it, if you don't figure out a better way to defend against the mobile quarterbacks it's gonna they're gonna hand you losses year after year and you need a, a better way of defending them i think that's fair uh what do you think jason in london yeah let's go to let's go to london ah, and talk to jason great. what's up
7: hello um i've got a question i've like gone, gone into a press conference before again and said listen we're starting our backups this is uh you know the those teams are jokes, they're coming in they're terrible. So we just thought I'd back up still beat you. Um and then another statement. I'm a big Falcons and Bengals fan this weekend.
3: Oh, I'm the opposite. I'm a Chiefs fan.
4: Well we need I want the
3: Bengals to lose.
11: Need the Falcons to win today. But I don't yes, know, the Falcons we, were all in agreement. Need, need the Falcons to win today.
4: If you think the uh if you think the Jags uh Twitter replies are funny also look at the Falcons' uh, <laughs> Twitter replies. When someone tweeted out a photo of the Buffalo Stadium where it's snowing in inclement weather, all the Falcons fans are saying, we're going to lose. Uh, just, uh, that's a loss. That's a loss. That's a loss. They just assume they're going to lose the game today.
3: I just like how they needed the snow to assume they were
11: going to lose. <laughs> I mean,
3: <laughs> they play in the Dome. They don't win there either.
11: That's actually a fair point. That's actually a really fair point. I mean, what are the actual odds today that the Falcons could beat the Bills?
3: Hey, like you said, the Jags beat the Bills. So anybody, any given day, right? I mean, upsets happen.
11: That, I mean, that's actually fair because when you look at the Lions and the Cardinals, for example, who actually predicted the Lions to beat the Cardinals and by that much?
3: Nobody, nobody. But I would, I would argue that the chances of the Falcons beating the Bills are not much better than the Jags beating the Patriots. Yeah, I would say it would be a bigger upset for the Jags to beat the Patriots, but. I mean, I think the Patriots are 15-and-a-half. Is that what we said? 15-and-a-half-point favorites? Mm-hmm. And I think the Bills are 14-and-a-half-point Here's the thing so. with the Bills.
4: You know, coming off the win last week, I think they can play a lot better than they played last week. The Bills? Yes. Absolutely. So they, were, they were sloppy. They th- and they know that, and they are going to – I think they're going to put on a clinic today, unfortunately. Um, is it n- – <sighs> Tamara, take a shot at that name. Now, is it Nao in Japan? Yeah, well, now, now they're on the phone, so we don't have a, we don't have a chance for uh, Lepan to do a phonetic spelling for us. It's my
1: fault. I told them double-check because I spelled it wrong originally. All right. How do you
4: pronounce your name?
1: Okay.
8: My name is Naoari. N-A-O-A-R-I.
4: Got it. Well, you're, you're on the show. What do you have for us? Pardon? Okay. Um, I'm going to put you on hold just for a second here, and that's uh, I'll take
3: ownership of that one. That one wasn't your fault, I don't think.
4: I felt it was partially my fault. I'm
3: ready to blame you though.
4: <laughs> Todd in Greenville is on the Patriots pregame show, fueled by Duncan. Hello, Todd.
7: Hey guys. You know, on TU uh, and other things, I've been kind of worried about our whole defense, and I've been bringing it up very uh, consistently throughout the year. And I I really wonder, I wonder what you guys feel like it's going to be next year. Like, is this a this year we were, we rebuilt the whole fence and then? They'll just tried to patch up the D, and then next year, how much of a rebuild do you guys think we're going to be at? Because I don't want to talk about this game, and we were going to win this. No, no problem. <laughs> but I do want to know what you guys think about next year. Thanks, guys.
4: Bye. All right. Defensively, next year, tomorrow, what do you think?
11: Well, I think that it's a good sign to see Adrian Phillips is going to be coming back. I mean, yep. I'm hoping that it's going to be a domino effect from here where we see more of the same happening. Um, because I think the Good money- players
4: being signed at, at friendly contracts? Yes, that would be nice.
11: That would be nice. I mean, new year, new expectations, I guess. You know, I, I'm hoping that this team can bring back... More of the guys that they got in the off season. I yeah. think that this rebuild, this rehaul of this roster did dividends. I mean, obviously took a slow start of them all getting together on the field. but, As Matt Judon said all year long, we know what we've had in this locker room. You guys are just now seeing it, and I want to keep seeing it next season. So I'm hoping that we can get more um, contract renewals like Adrian Phillips going.
4: Paul, on on your station last week, I think... (laughs) Is that your station? I heard (laughs) It's my station (laughs) and your station. station. I think I heard you talking about Matt Judon a little bit and whether he's been dealing with something because he hasn't been the same Matt Judon the last couple of weeks.
3: I think he's been quiet, and I think I go back to the Tennessee game when... Tennessee really had a lot of success running the ball. They mm-hmm. ran it right at Matthew Judon. And I thought, to me, that was troubling because I always kind of felt like he was one of those players that was, for Baltimore, really stout against the run, a good all-around edge outside linebacker who does everything well. And he'll occasionally get after the passer, but really strong in all areas. I think for the Patriots, he's kind of been the opposite. He's yeah. been a really good pass rusher. Yep. Incredibly productive, twelve and a half. Is he? I, mean, you kn- that was last I go. To, I go to you for I the think SID so. stats, I think so. Mike. You might yeah, usually that's Mike Reese's job when he's next to me on all access. It goes. It goes to you. Sorry. <laughs> um I think twelve and a half sacks. So a really good pass rushing season for him. But I think occasionally he's been in trouble when they run at him. So I'm wondering if maybe physically it's just a little worn down. Now this week, coming off the COVID reserve list, so. What happens? Maybe he's got a lighter load this week. Remember last last week, Kendrick Bourne, like 30 percent of the plays he played coming off the the list. I wonder how much work he was able to get done this week. Yeah,
5: it's a good point. That's a good point. All, both those guys, Tobb yeah, Bentley and him too. Yeah, Bentley as well. Um, yeah, we got uh <laughs> so I was upstairs
4: and <laughs> We want to think about it tomorrow. Oh, goodbye, Tamara. Thank you. See you briefly.
11: It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. I'm glad I got to come on with you guys. Don't be a stranger. Last was Evidently Fred the heard, last heard the I'm Marvel good.
3: talk and said, "Tamara, get in." <laughs> there. Get
11: in there now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, I'm going to go get in ready for warm up. All, all right. Good
4: all times. Right, in my in my defense, the the call to the bullpen came before i had a chance to go solo at all uh, oh, all right so they was, saw it coming they knew it was decided this is not going to be good <laughs> don't let hardy alone with the patriots pregame show for too long yeah like three minutes
5: i, I had a funny experience up there so you know i'm doing a little uh, you know talking to people with the microphone and what have you and uh, with matt chad i'm doing a little q a and then uh, anybody got questions and I'm like so what do you think about Nikhil harry being inactive i'm like i'm sorry didn't, <laughs> i <didn't, laughs> hadn't realized that he was inactive yet so i got put on the spot for that one in front of a crowd uh which was nice. I, I gave that one to Matt. Let him handle that one. But uh, a little bit of a surprise. A little bit of a surprise uh, with him him not going. I, you know. Yeah,
3: I mean, I was a little surprised because he played so much last week. But I, you know, I, I've gone through this a couple times. But just my thoughts. They didn't know they were going to get much out of Bourne last week, so they wanted another guy to go with Myers. He probably prepared, and it was also probably Bill saying, "Hey, we, you know, let's. It's time." He's got to do something. Mm-hmm. We're going to give him a role. He's going to be part of the offense this week, and I don't think he played very well.
5: No, I think that that drop was was just not what they needed. But
3: yeah, uh, let's try
4: uh, Naori in Japan once again. Joining us now in the Patriots pregame show. Hello. Hello,
8: I'm calling from Japan, and I have a question for you guys. By oh. the way, Happy Holidays.
4: Thank you. Hey, happy Holidays to you too.
8: Yeah. Uh, my question is uh, I've been reading a lot of um, articles putting it down on uh Harry, the last year as a wide receiver. Yep, yep. And um my question is is the really England Patriots offense? Is really difficult to for the wide receiver to master? Compared to other teams, or is it just why can't they, the offensive coordinator can't design a offense suited to the talent of the uh, wide receiver?
4: Mm. All right, so this is it's (laughs) an excellent question. Thank you. It is an excellent question. Thank you. Thank you for the call. We have seen wide receivers with the requisite skills and experience come in here and do both, either fail or um succeed. Yeah. And I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, uh an offensive coordinator is going to do a whole lot to tweak uh to tweak an offensive system for a specific receiver. You're going to tailor it tw- toward your quarterback, which is what Bill and Josh have talked about for years. You know, you you say, "Oh, you know, you guys would never change your 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 offense for a quarterback." And they say every team in the league does it. You you tool your offense. Your offense starts with the quarterback. So yes, you put together a game plan. It's not a plug and play. You right. come in here and learn our but system. The Patriots no, no, seem no. Like
3: they're a system, mm-hmm. and you have to come in. And you're. You, that's why I think it's a good question. For a yeah.
4: wide receiver, though, yes, you have to come in and learn that system, or you won't play here. So yeah. is I. Here's another way of asking that same question: Is Nikhil Harry a victim of not being able to learn the offense, or is he just not? Uh, that is he not an NFL wide receiver?
5: yeah i just I, I think from when they drafted him I, I didn't see the exact match up to the skill set of, of what they usually did, um, you know just as a bigger guy and I, and I think that that lack of fit that was immediately apparent when they drafted him is kind of carried over where you know you, you would kind of hope that that he would be a contested catch guy based on his size, um, you know that, that he'd be tough when he had the ball in the open field, tough to tackle um, and, and we've seen some of the contested catch. Stuff down the field, but you know, not a lot of run after catch. Not, a, not I don't think there's ever been one moment where I felt like, oh, that that's tough to tackle Nikhil in space. And um, it kind of goes back to a point that we had earlier, um, you know, about getting Janu going. And I think that's what they did with Nikhil's f- first year. They got a bunch of carries. I mean, they got five carries. A lot of like end arounds where it was like, let's Even just get the ball week, in his hands, two screens, try to right? try to get something. You know, and, and I think that that's like the the, the signal from the coaching staff when. Plays like that, you know, design screens where we got to get hit the ball in his hands. Let's get the ball in his hands and in space. And I think even when they've made that, those efforts, you've never really seen, uh, you know, him able to really conduct explosive plays or anything like that. And so, I mean, it really just goes back to the fact that I, I just see him struggling to get open off the line. Um, we saw his, his rookie year struggling at the catch point, guys out-physicaling him, um, you know, to that. So I think those have been part of, part of the struggles. Certainly they found something that he can do because of his size and with the crack blocking. And I mean, I think he has had an element uh, in that in the ground game. But overall, just as far as how much he's delivered in the receiving game and how much of an impact, it's just you know, it's an, it hasn't been enough for a first-round pick, and it's nice that you can find you know, little consolation skill sets that you can build around. But ultimately, he just hasn't been a, a go-to catch-run receiver in this offense, and, and after three years, it's hard to expect that he will.
3: What I really like about what Mike just brought up, he was like, you know, we've seen some of the contested catches because that's like been a, a point of uh, you know, in his favor. Right? Oh, look what could happen? You, you just gotta, you just gotta throw him up to him. Well, if he did the other things reasonably well, that Mike says we haven't seen really anything from him, you know, like the run after the catch or just an ability to catch the ball on any kind of regular basis, get open. So now I'm getting say four or five catches a week out of him. Now I'll throw one up down the sideline, and see if he can make a play for me in a particular on a third and ten, you know, and see if he can maybe out wrestle. But I can't have a guy who's really giving me nothing and just say, every week I'm going to throw one up down the sideline to him and see if he can make a play. Like, like that's going to spark a star career out of no, him.
4: Like, and it's a waste of a play. Right. Yeah, that, that's what you can't – you can't afford right. to waste like, a play like, like that. Like
3: if I'm throwing eight passes to him a week and he's catching five of them and one of the ones he doesn't catch is a contested ball down the sideline, I can live with that. Yes. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just going to throw up 50-50 balls and it's 50-50 that he catches it, that's not worth it. Yeah. Um
4: let's go to Dan in Virginia, Patriots pregame fueled by Duncan. What's up, Dan?
8: What's up? Is uh how is it that uh, Patriots.com Patriots dot com can get calls from the Middle East, one of the most beat up regions in the world? <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the most beat up regions in the world and it sounds crystal clear, yet a guy calls from Japan, which is the most technologically advanced nation in the world and <laughs> he's calling from underwater. Hey, none crazy. of
3: it makes
5: any sense to us. Oh no, that's that's hardy. <laughs> Yeah, it's my it's my doing. <laughs> he pressed the crappy reception button again.
8: I, I, I got uh, I got two questions. Um, I'm gonna kill you for that. <laughs> and uh, you might have addressed this a little bit ago with Paul's talk about uh, Judon, but um, last week it didn't seem like he was really in the game. It seemed like he was like it. It, it almost looked like he sort of tripped Allen at one stage, and he kind of did the old. I'm going to bump into an opposing player while looking while pretending I'm looking at something else, kind of thing. It looked like it was more about, I don't know, annoying the other team rather than.
3: It's interesting. Kind of getting it's an in interesting game. point.
8: And I, and I don't know, like shortly after the the trip, if you want to call it that, with Allen, that was when he was on the sideline. So I don't know whether it was like a disciplinary thing or. Yeah, maybe Mike just Reese brought 100%. that up that
3: that he wondered if maybe he lost some snaps for trying to trip Josh Allen, um, yeah, on, on that play. I. You know, and I don't know that that was the case, but I thought it was odd.
8: Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know whether it's the case of, like, early in the season, he like he was the entire defense, it almost seemed like. So I don't know whether he's getting run down or, or the other teams are just figuring him out. But um, it's going to be interesting to sort of see how that goes. My sure. My other uh, question is, um, and, Hardy, before I say this, you're my guy. <clears throat> Go green, <clears> thirty-one twenty-one. Nice. But um, – But I got to disagree with your with your key to the game, (laughs) with one of your uh, keys to the game, Uh, the trick play. Don't think you're getting that crap by me, Mike.
3: I'm it sorry. was a hell of a win, and even
4: better than that was watching Michigan get absolutely
3: pummeled. I, I mean, just I would disintegrated. I loved. it. I was it. so mad that it wasn't a close game, but the fact that Michigan was getting killed made me feel bad. I, I mean,
4: it's it's just wonderful to be able to be a fan and and to hate another team at the same time, and 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 to be a fan of that Michigan State game uh, on 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 Thursday night, and that you know that was wonderful. That was just great to watch that how that game ended, but then to follow it up. With seeing your your rival just beat into the ground and made a mockery of that, I enjoyed that just as much. So it was a great one-two punch. But continue, Dan. My um, my key to the game you did not uh, care for.
8: Uh, well, I, I just I, I disagree with the the whole emphasis on a trick play. For me, a trick play is something you, you, you kind of call it, it's like a break glass in case of emergency type thing. I I would rather much rather see this, as you said, just see this team execute. We haven't seen them do it on a, on a consistent basis. Uh, execute on offense if they've got a big into the bag of tricks to beat a team like Jacksonville. That's that's a red flag to
4: me. I just wanted to do it to spark the offense, Dan. And thanks for the call. I, yeah, I, Dan.
8: I, if, if I would agree
3: with Dan if it, if they end up like with a, a flea nothing flick, going and they need to get they need one of those yes, plays because like, nothing's working. Like whoosh. it's a twenty-one seventeen game and a flea flicker puts them in the lead. Uh, that will concern me. But I, I'm kind of with Hardy. Like. Hey, if it's seven nothing and then all of a sudden they break out a flea flicker to make it fourteen nothing and route to a thirty-one to three. wide I'm with Hardy. I'm yep. fine with that. After what I've if seen, it's sprinkled in, it's, it just helps them out along the way. That's fine. If they need it to win this game, that's a red flag. Yeah. Oh, so Brian Hoyer,
5: there he is, off the COVID list, back out there. Mac Jones, all right. That's right.
4: Good. We're watching uh, warmups here and as we see the quarterbacks taking the field now, the Patriots getting ready to host the Jaguars today in a rainy, gloomy day at Gillette Stadium, but uh, what everybody is just assuming will be a win for the Patriots today offensively, back to what Dan just said, I, you, you go off of what you've seen over the last few weeks, I do not assume the Patriots will be able to just move the ball and 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 score and do everything like a normal offense. I say... Run a couple of trick plays if that's if that's what it takes. So be it. I'll take it. Based on based on what I've seen from the last few weeks, I am not assuming that they go out and are able to just move. The, I think they can win. I think they can they can win the game. I don't want them to win thirteen to three. Oh. I want that. I want them to go with what you know. Mark Long said thirty-one to three, and that's only if Belichick takes his foot off the gas yeah. uh, in the third quarter. Okay, so. Uh, in order to get that, throw some trick plays at them. Do do something to spark this offense. Get it moving again because that's what they were doing during that seven game win streak. Get the win. Yeah. Get the win.
5: Well, I think another element of that two games win streak is half of it's right there on the screen right now with Damian Harris and the other half, Ramondre Stevenson, who you know I think they missed last week. Um, you know, last two weeks they haven't had both those guys, and I think that you know individually they're both good. They're both a little bit different style of runners, but. Overall I think they're just very complementary to each other and I think that's kind of like my key today in a perfect world just get going with those two get the run game going get Harris going right out of the, Remember last year Paul was like it seemed like their best run was always their like first run of the, of the game like you know they always started off with a great big run uh love to get something like that going and then you know and then work Stevenson in with his uh, you know, run after ta- run after contact. I mean, he just keeps his pad level down. He keeps his legs churning. Uh, you get a Jacksonville team that maybe isn't really too interested in tackling today. Uh, that's that's going to be tough with Stevenson if he gets going. They they get a little wet. You know, uh, we're not really feeling it. All of a sudden, you got to take down Andre. Uh That's a big ass. So I think those two guys for me are kind of kind of the key offensive. Get them going. Sprinkle some Bolden in and, and let the passing game you know work in manageable distances.
4: Eldred, I need you to hold on for a moment. We're going to step aside for what will seem like no time at all and uh then we'll talk to because you we'll, it won't be yeah we'll do our over-unders we've got our sunday six-pack all of it coming up on the patriots pregame show fueled by duncan uh kick off the action with the official coffee of the new england patriots it's the most important game day ritual because it's the perfect way to tackle game day however you're spending it we all know the best call for football is duncan america runs on duncan <laughs>
10: TouchView Interactive is here to support your hybrid learning, distance learning, and video conferencing needs. With easy-to-use tools that allow end users to collaborate, interact, and present seamlessly, TouchView Interactive offers a comprehensive line of accessories and software to support your audio needs. Outfit your classrooms and presentation spaces with the future of interactive display technology. Visit touchview.com for more info. Offered by The Okers Company, celebrating 100 years of service and support. Football's back, and it's time to go big. Pepsi Pull Park sandwiches are game day greatness. Now we're ready for game day. Check out some more awesome recipes on madeforpatronswatching.com.
1: Join the conversation by calling the Ace Ticket Hotline at 855-PATS-500 or email the show at webradio@patriots.com.
4: This is real cowboy stuff you're watching. Now, watch this. We're going to watch these barrel racers.
1: Live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, here's Hardy.
4: Wow, that, that was even quicker than I anticipated. All right, back on the Patriots pregame show, fueled by Duncan, watching warm-ups here as the team gets ready to face the uh, Jaguars here today. Eldred
3: in North Carolina. What's going on, Eldred? There it is. There it hey, is.
4: Fellas,
2: how you doing,
3: Party? Awesome. I'm glad you didn't have to apologize Matt. to the guy you were behind. Uh, <laughs> this week. Oh my God, that was so funny. It so, was hilarious. So
4: uh, I, I I heard it when it happened. Was it someone on the road or someone standing next to the road? Who was it that you scared?
2: Uh, it was a guy. He was uh, getting <laughs> bail from. I deliver to Sam. Uh, okay. In Virginia and Kim is Brown. I go to Newport News. That's my that's my favorite store. I go there all the time. Yeah, that's where Samara's and from. Chesapeake. She just I mentioned know, that. I know what that's at. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the guy was there getting up getting a bale of cardboard, and I blew my horn. I was trying to talk to follow him. and the guy jumped. He looked like like uh, he jumped in like, <laughs> like the truck was rolling. So he had <laughs> matched the brakes and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I laughed I and said, "No man, I'm on the headset." <laughs> he just said, "Oh man, damn," <laughs> 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 and he went back. <laughs>
4: all right. Well, okay. You didn't scare anybody today. That's good.
2: Nah, no, it's about day it. well, I'm on the highway going back towards Chesapeake right about now. But, um, Hardy, yeah. I'm like you with some of the Marvel, and I'm a Marvel nut because I loved him. Spider Man was my biggest hero back in the day, but I hate these movies where they take his mask off. He never took his mask off in the comics. Never. Oh. And that's damn. The, the only thing about the Marvels I hate about. It. He never took that mask off. You never knew who
3: he was. You I mean, never must say a valid him, point because you got kind of a, a nodding look from from Marine Corps, Mac
4: Well, there is there is something weird about seeing him standing there in the suit with the mask off. I don't care for that with either. the mask
2: off. yeah. Yeah, yeah he, ne- he never took it off. Yeah, See, that was my biggest gripe. And uh, if my mom them. Had I kept my Galo's of comics, I'd be rich right now. I wouldn't be driving no darn truck.
4: Only only season. if Every you one of them. You know what, Eldred? You, you, only if you kept them mint. Don't yeah. beat yourself up. You probably read those things and enjoyed them, which is what you're supposed to do. So, don't yeah. worry about it. They probably wouldn't be worth anything. Yeah,
2: but that's on that. <laughs> but my key to the game is Matt Jones. Matt Jones? I know you're a rookie. But sometime, dude, you got to take the training wheels off and become that man. Sometimes you're gonna to have to do that. I know you gotta play within the system, but sometimes you gotta go above the system. And you know, mistakes gonna happen, you're a rookie. But at least sometimes show something, you know, instead of those little passes the last two weeks and when the defense rattles you, you know, you just have to step up. And defense, you know, you playing against somebody right now, it's like a pop test. The real test gonna come next week. Yep. Against Waddle. And uh Tools was playing pretty good right about now. But I'm like everybody else, I'm hoping them guys lose. And we go like that. But in case you don't, uh, this game is gonna be a tune-up. Next week gonna be the hardcast. That's what we got to do.
4: All right, Eldred, are you? Are, are you? the game is Matt? You running empty right now? Did you already make a load, and you're just heading back?
2: No, I got Sam. I'm going to Chesapeake. Okay. I'll be there about five
4: thirty. All right. I'll be there about five thirty. You, uh, you speak yeah. trucker. Well, I, I was he gonna ask it. him if he was uh, hauling a load of sailboat fuel. That's that's what you call running <laughs> empty. Am I right, Eldred? <laughs>
2: Now empty means I'm just I got empty trailer. I'm just rolling just me in the trailer.
5: I
4: understand.
2: I got a full load. I don't know what Sam's got back here, but it's heavy. Forty six thousand pounds. (laughs) Man
5: of the people, (laughs) Hardy.
4: Eldred, always good to talk to you. Thanks, buddy. Happy New Year, bud. Same here. Happy New Year, buddy. All
2: right,
4: bye bye. Mm, What I would give just to just to sit in the cab of that Freightliner, you know, just to sit up there and you know fiddle with some knobs. Pull some levers, CB. You know? Oh my! That, that, yeah. yeah, just say let, something into it. Just get get <laughs> me up there for a second.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I love He's, Eldred,
4: all time,
5: all time. Well, hey, hey, Paul. Top there's uh, a th- there's Jakob Johnson. Maybe we should um, give a little plug for. Uh,
3: yeah, you want to take a look at the uh, the profile that Eric Scalavino put on Patriots.com um, this week on on Jakob's sort of journey. And, and I know that everybody's aware of you know his background as an international pathway player from Germany and not but Eric did a great job so much so that we actually heard from Jakob about it um uh he he reached out to Eric to tell him that it it was uh i think he he the way he put it it was the best uh most complete that anyone's ever captured his story in English um you know his his sort of journey from Germany to and you know on on his uh path to the NFL so yeah, give that one a look. I know everybody knows what Jakob Johnson's been through um, as the Patriots fullback, but still worth a read and a great job by Eric. Yeah. When I was a little girl in Düsseldorf. <laughs> Plus, Eric is uh, playing, playing hurt today. Yes, he's so uh, he an he after didn't take to the, the booster.
5: He's probably got the away game jammies on. He didn't have to get out of them today. <laughs> yeah.
4: why, don't you, uh, why don't you tweet out a link to that story for everybody who follows you on Twitter, uh, PFW Paul.
3: All right. Why don't I do that?
4: All right. For, everyone fo- for the people. For only the people. Only there, was,
3: only there was a way I could do that.
4: I, I believe there is a very easy way, and I can walk you through it if you want me to. How about a little something, you know, for the effort? <laughs> That's right. By the way, uh, movie mystery solved. Um, you guys are Caddyshack fans. Of course the scene with the lifeguard Mm -hmm. caddy day at the pool when his right leg is covered in what appears to be sunblock yeah i learned last week you know what that is shaving cream the script called for him to be shaving his leg up on the up on the lifeguard stand the little girl says why don't you shave (laughs) your ass (laughs) Oh, Which that's what it was in now makes to. sense because mm. he's supposed to be shaving his leg either <laughs> that was that's not communicated in the film or they cut that part out where he's shaving mm. his leg that's what's all over the lifeguard's leg is shaving cream
5: but pe- peeling back layers here like 50 years later still I mean you just finally. you'll never get to
4: the bottom of it we, we finally figured it out you want to do the over unders right now morell let's do it buddy
1: it's time for this week's edition of over unders you're over me when were you under me?
4: all right over unders let's find out what happened last week and where we stand for this season what do we got Matt
1: last week Mike and Paul both went three and three Hardy went two and four these yes. are these numbers are correct Paul <laughs> I oh I checked it <laughs> <laughs> bringing oh. us on the season Paul 5139 Mike 4743 Hardy 3753 okay not great not great Bob
4: let's see what we can do this week uh starting with what
1: Mac Jones passing yards 218 and a
4: half we start with uh Mike
5: do yeah let's go positive power thinking I think I think he's got to break 218 I'm going over
3: oh <laughs> Mac Jones 218. did we catch you off guard uh yeah uh, I'm gonna take the over as well.
4: Yeah, I, I like the over for this. I uh, I don't think that's too much to ask against the Jaguars today. We're all going over.
1: Kendrick Bourne receiving yards at
3: 38-and-a-half. Paul, we start with you. I'm going to take the over on that one, too, because of process of elimination. There's only really two uh, known commodities in the receiving core with Bourne and, Agle- I mean, uh, Bourne and Myers. So I'm going to take over 38-and-a-half.
4: Uh, I'm going to also. I'm just. I'm, I'm hoping for and rooting for a big offensive day for Mac and the receivers, so I, too, will go over.
5: Yeah, got to go over on this one. Kendrick Bourne has got a full week of practice under his belt. I think he comes back strong.
1: My man, Ramondre Stevenson, rushing yards, 53-and-a-half.
4: I love Ramondre Stevenson. I'm going ge- to give him a bit of a day off, though. I'm going to go under on Ramondre. Hopefully they continue to air it out there uh, and the, uh, the running backs get a uh, bit of a breather today.
5: Yeah, I'm going to go over just the, the yards after contact. I don't think the Jags are going to want any part of bringing him to the ground today. I think he'll have a couple long runs where he breaks some tackles. Yeah, I'll
3: take the over, too, because I think the Patriots are going to have a big lead throughout this game, and it's going to be a lot of uh, Stevenson and Harris. I should have
4: factored that in.
1: Idiot! <laughs> Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Matt Judon, sacks at a half.
5: Matty Judon, we're just talking about him off the COVID list. How much is he going to play today? I think enough to at least get one sack. I will play the over.
3: Yeah, I'm going to take the over too because, again, I think the Jacks are going to be behind and Trevor Lawrence is going to have to throw.
4: Yeah, we're all going over on the uh, the half a sack for Matt Judon today.
1: Well, then you'll probably all go over on this one. Trevor Lawrence passing yards, 198 and a half. This one's a little tougher.
3: Uh, I am going to take the over for the reason that I've continued to say. Um, But this is one I just don't know what they have to work with. This could be a long day. Yeah. I'll take the over.
4: Yeah, I'm going I'm to go under. and It's going to be a long day for uh, Trevor Lawrence and all things offense and defense for that matter. For the Jags, I'll take the under.
5: Yeah, I'm with Hardy. I'll take the
4: under as well.
1: And then the total score, 41-and-a-half.
4: Tough number. It's such a tough number. I, uh, the 31-3 that Mark Long laid on us from the Associated Press, he He's behind enemy lines. He covers the uh, Jaguars down there. I, I think it could be a blowout win for the Patriots and still go under, so I'm going under.
5: Yeah, that's what I think, too. I think it's going to be a big Patriots win, but the Patriots ain't going to score 38. Uh, I think they'll be in the mid-30s or low-30s around there. I'm going to tell you play under.
3: Yeah, I'll take the over. I think they might get it by themselves. Wow.
4: All right, there we go. That takes care of the over-unders on this uh, Patriots pregame, which is fueled by Duncan. We're going to uh, step aside one more time. We've got a, a couple of emails to get to, web radio at patriots.com. We also have a Sunday six-pack. Things getting very interesting in the season standings for the Sunday six-pack. More on that coming up.
10: That looks awful. Football's back, and it's time to go big. Pepsi, pull for sandwiches are game day greatness. Now we're ready for game day. Check out some more awesome recipes on madeforpatriotswatching.com. An active lifestyle means you never stop moving. That's why only Theragun devices are designed to release your body's deepest muscle tension. So you can do the things you love. Land that pose. Hit that final rep. Taste success. And do it all over again. You only have one body. Make it a Therabody.
1: Join the conversation by calling the Ace Ticket Hotline at 855-PATS-500 or email the show at webradio@patriots.com.
4: Let me look at some pretty scenes of the mountains in Montana. Leave the cowboy porn
1: out of it. Live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, here's Hardy.
8: Back on the
4: Patriots pregame show fueled by Duncan. Let's take a look at a couple of these emails here we have. Uh, Robin in Alaska. Um, in tonight's continuing adventures of Hardy... (laughs) In tonight's continuing adventures of Hardy watches a movie, Hardy sits down to finally watch a Harry Potter film starting with the Half-Blood Prince. Where's this guy's nose? Who are these kids? What type of school is this? That's, uh, Robin in Alaska.
5: You're a wizard, Harry. That's good stuff.
4: Let me tell you something, Robin. (laughs) You know... There are a series of Harry Potter movies, and you would be foolish to just jump in. Wh- why do I have to watch uh, a Hulk movie in order to understand a Spider-Man movie?
1: It's a cinematic universe. Uh, no,
4: not doing it. Don't uh, care for it.
5: You know, just something to point out real quick here. Uh, you know, maybe Devin McCourty's last home game here uh, for his, his career. I mean, he's sure contract up giving a little speech, so just something to be aware of here as we wind down the season with with home games. Some some questions for some longtime Patriot veterans, and he's certainly at the top of the list.
4: It's one of these games to to be uh, you know not to rub it in for people who aren't here today, but one of the a good game to be here for so you can watch little things like that. You know, just watch how he handles himself, especially at the you know the beginning and end of the game, and see if there's anything where you know you'll see guys sometimes you know taking. Like one look around the stadium, you know, if it's gonna be his Taking last it in, one. Having yeah. a moment. Yeah. Yep. Uh how well will our defense go against containing Trevor Lawrence today? Do you think we can put on the pressure and force turnovers yes. to get the win? Yeah. Also my prediction is Mac will throw one touchdown with one hundred and fifty two yards. And our defense will come away with three takeaways for a 32-14 Patriots win.
3: Yeah, I, I'd be it's a little disappointed a if that's 14. the way it unfolds. Yeah. If they need three turnovers to get 30 points, I'd be a little – That would be disheartening. I, I, this is going to sound sort of strange, but I I would love it if the Patriots win this game going away and don't force a turnover. Yeah. Right. It's just a conventional punt, 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 and the Patriots move the ball and score. Like it's, no – like. No return. I mean, like, obviously, anything they do well is obviously good. So I'm not going to say, well, that's terrible that they intercepted three passes. But I think it would be better if the offense just had to drive the length of the field and did so, and then the defense just came up with stops, didn't have to rely on takeaways to do
5: it. Yeah, it's such a huge part. I mean, you look at the seven-game win streak you had, you know, the offense – I mean, I shouldn't say the offense, but the total giveaway is at five. Then you run down the seven-game win streak in terms of takeaways. Three, two, three, one, four, four, one. I mean, it's just – It's such a key part of them when they're on their game. You know it's going right when they get those takeaways. But I think you're right. It's just love to see a team that doesn't need to rely on that kind of stuff can just beat you straight up.
4: Watching the big men down there as uh, Patriots uh, warm-ups continue here. David Andrews. Do you think David Andrews heard it at all this week about his uh – is unsportsmanlike that he got uh, flagged for his in the wallet, last game. His wallet
3: heard about it. Apparently, it like ten grand. So you know, you know what just drives me crazy. Can I just give Can, can I give a little rant? Let's like, so the NFL we all know has ridiculous rules, regulations, and stipulations, whatever. So one of these things is these unsportsmanlike conduct slash taunting things are ten thousand and change. Yep. Unnecessary roughnesses are five thousand and change. In, in in and of itself, that's ridiculous. Like something physical that could hurt someone is worth half as much is something that he initially hurt me with his words. Okay. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous in and of itself. Okay, but that's what it is. The vitriol on Twitter, when those became public over the weekend, I, I don't know how people do it. I just don't. I don't know how I don't know how people find a way to get worked up about so many things. Oh uh, like uh, the hypocrisy it, of the NFL what what? The inconsistent it's not inconsistent. It's it's right there. It's it's I'm sure the the players themselves have it. It's it's in black and white. This infraction costs you this much in a fine. Right. This infraction costs you this much in a fine. Like it's it's not inconsistencies. No. It's stupid. I will. I'll grant you that. Right. Again, that a personal foul is a blanket amount. Like I've seen personal fouls. They're not all created equal. What M- Matt Milano did was pretty mild. Um. You know, as opposed to. You know, a vicious head helmet shot that led, led to an ejection. And I can't think of a specific guy this year, but there have been some, right? You know, where you just light up a defenseless receiver with a helmet shot, you get thrown out of the game. That's the same fine as what Matt Milano did to Josh Allen. And then I people agree. and people are like up in arms, like, why didn't Jerry Hughes get fined for like I mean, at best it was a borderline penalty. They chose not to call it. Now people are, like, thinking he should have gotten fined for something that may or may not have deserved to be called. Like, I just don't understand. Yeah. And uh, while well, I don't get so angry, I don't, I don't get how the, wow, plenty of good seats still available.
4: Uh, yeah, it's a late arriving crowd, I believe, here at Gillette Stadium today. Um, it, Joe in uh, Osprey, Florida, says, When I was told I had to go back and watch 20-plus movies to catch up, No thanks. Morell discredited himself by not getting Breaking Bad.
1: So, I, I got Breaking Bad. I purposely didn't even watch the final episode. episode. It, I got the show. It sucked. I don't know. I don't
3: know why people do that too. That's another one that always sort of worries me.
1: It was because the hype got too big. I was watching along with everybody. Oh, and that the hype got things. so big. I said, "You know what? Screw it. I'm good."
4: People that what what like
3: if you don't like what they like.
4: Oh yeah. You have to like it. You have to or you're wrong. The thing with Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones, the most annoying thing was all the other people watched it and told me I had to watch it. I'm like, "No, I really don't. I I'm fine." I now I did watch Breaking Bad and I enjoyed it, but I never watched Game of Thrones and 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 I started doing it kind yeah. of like Matt is saying, just to show all the people who told me I had to watch it. No, watch this. I won't watch it <laughs> and I will lead a happy and fulfilled life.
5: But it got dragons in it.
4: <laughs> I know this. One. Good. Amazing. That's one of the reasons why I didn't watch it.
3: That see, that's one of the reasons why I never got into it, but everybody tells me that you <laughs> gotta dragons. Y- 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 you'll still like it. And I have seen Zombies kind of I'd too. say maybe half to a little bit more than half of the first season, and I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I just haven't made an appointment viewing. Uh Ozark coming out soon.
4: Ozark I was in on from the very beginning. I'm and ready
3: I'm for that. And uh you know it's back. Cobra Kai. Cobra watched Kai. Watched the first one last night? The first one? The Which first <laughs> episode. I believe TJ watched the entire <laughs> season. He just banged it right out.
4: Yeah, I, uh, I, I watched the last episode of the first season and said, I'm not watching any more of this.
3: Cobra Kai? Yeah. I uh, don't even know you anymore. It's see, so see it's, I'm going to do like what they say, like, oh, you're doing it wrong. Well, you know what it is? No, it is. It's silly. It's bad. It's terrible.
4: It's. But I love it. Like, I'd rather go back and watch, and I finished MacGruber. I'll go back and watch MacGruber again before I watch Cobra Kai. At least there's some production value in MacGruber. (laughs) I'm like, I'm watching Cobra Kai. I'm like, is this like an actual Hollywood production? Do they spend any money on this? Because it looks like crap, and it's acted like crap, and it's. I get the camp nostalgic value, but that only holds me for so long. Oh. And after a while I'm like, "No, I'm not I'm not watching." William Zabka
5: should get an award. He's he's an amazing amazing comedic actor that you never would have predicted as just like the jerkhole 80s movie blonde-haired, you know, surfer perfect guy. Like he he's got amazing comic timing. He's he's a highlight for me in that show.
4: All right, let's get to the six pack. Here we go.
9: This is the Sunday Six Pack. So kick back and listen to the position I'm itching to get the picks back. You better bring a big stack. Don't get it mixed yet. I came to win it. Yeah, this is the
1: Sunday Six Pack.
4: Things getting real interesting here in the Sunday six pack. What happened last week, and where are we for the season?
1: Last week, Paul five and one, <laughs> Mike four and two, Hardy three and three.
4: So the season totals you know bring us to mine, what? Right?
1: What's that? Footsteps. What? Hardy's <laughs> hearing footsteps.
4: Is it, what, Why? Why is it such an odd gate? Yeah. Is that? Are they, are they on a horseback? <laughs>
1: Got a little hitch in the giddy it. <laughs> He's hearing those footsteps because Hardy is 45 and 35 on the season, and Paul is now 42 and 38. Mike, 39 and 41.
4: All coming, right, coming to get you. Well, we got a. Uh, <laughs> you,
1: you know, I'm
3: 53 now. I haven't walked without a limp in about 25 years.
4: That's just an odd limp, though, because it, still, it's it's a good pace. Oh, shut Generally, up. people who limp don't limp that quickly. You know what
3: happens when people start to feel the pressure? They nitpick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Drop calls. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sunday, Again, 1 p.m. The sneaky negative one gets away with the shot. You don't even say anything to him.
4: Well, you know what? I've got a new respect for Matt after this week. I didn't know anything about his grandfather. There's a field named after him at Tufts. Uh, oh, he was yeah. banged oh, Marilyn Monroe, apparently. <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff I learned this week. Good I got, Good stories. i got a new respect for uh, Duce. There's <laughs> there's a lot going on with that guy. I had no idea.
1: Uh, the 8-7 and seven Miami Dolphins at the 10-5 ten and five Tennessee Titans, Tennessee minus three. Ooh. Mm.
5: Big one for the Pats. Big one for the Pats. I'm going Titans. I think they got it in them. Uh, Derek Henry, I guess, was walking around this week. That's a good sign. Not sure when he'll be back, but I like the Titans today.
3: I'm going to take the Titans, too. I just feel like the Dolphins' win streak has a whiff of the Patriots' win streak. Um, I think it was against a, a bunch of questionable teams. I think this is... A spot where they have to win a big game on the road against a team that, even though they're missing some personnel, Tough. the fact that A.J. Brown is back, the fact that those guys, Rashawn Evans, the, you know, a lot of those pieces on defense are back. I'll take the Titans.
4: I'm trying not to overthink things this week. So you've got a 10 and 5 team at home late in the season. They're a three point favorite over an 8 and 7 team. Give me the home team. I think they get this win today by a touchdown. There you go. That's it. I'm am d- not over. I'm going to try not to overthink it so I don't lose even more of my lead.
1: The eight and seven Las Vegas Raiders at the nine and six Indianapolis Colts. Indy minus eight.
3: Looks like the Colts will have Carson Wentz. Uh, he will be available anyway. We'll see if he plays. Um, the eight points is a little much for me. I'm going to take. I'm going to take that extra point and, and go with Vegas oh. to keep it close.
4: See now, this is gonna, this is going to it's feel, uh-huh. this is going to feel like I'm just betting what Paul is betting, so I don't lose much of the lead. But I think the exact same thing. I, fe- it feels like a, a touchdown win at most. It's actually
3: refreshing that you're making picks as opposed to just trying to do stuff. To,
4: so do you don't, good. you don't, right. you don't mind me jumping on the Raiders with you? No. Okay. No. If that's I'm, what
3: you think?
5: Yeah, I do. I'm just making picks for the Patriots. Give me the Colts. Good job,
4: Fred. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The eleven and four Kansas City Chiefs at the nine and six Cincinnati Bengals, KC minus three and a half.
4: Uh, this is a tough one. This is a this is a tough one today because uh, I I like the Chiefs. You go back to what I you know I had to say about them a few weeks ago, and Chiefs are gonna do Chiefs things. But the Bengals are looking like a team that understands what's on the line and how they're playing right now, and I I, I don't think I'm doing uh, a, a lot of disservice to the Chiefs by saying, you know what, give me the give me the Bengals. Give me the home dogs here getting three and a half. I like that line. I'm going to take
5: them. yeah I, I, I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. He continues to win me over. they got a lot of offense there, but I think this is the game where you say, all right, Kansas City's back as a Super Bowl contender. I'm going to take them on the
3: road to win. Uh, I was going to take Cincinnati, but since you took them, I'm going to take Kansas <laughs> City. <laughs> That's why there's an order, too. No, you? I am going to take Kansas City for the reasons that Mike said. I, I think the Bengals are pretty good. I don't think they're ready for this one. I think they're getting a lot of buzz. The last time they got a lot of buzz, they, they stumbled. I think they'll stumble again.
1: All right, seven and 7-8 Atlanta Falcons at the 9-6 and six Buffalo Bills, Buffalo 14 and a half.
5: Uh, I, I As much as I would love the Falcons to pull it off, I just I don't believe in them. Um, but I'm going to take them. Because I think it'll be cl- a little bit closer than fourteen point five, so I'll take the Falcons.
3: Yeah, I'm going to lay the points. Uh, I think Buffalo um, finds a way to put that inconsistency behind them, and you know that whole snow thing in the, the Atlanta. I'm like, eh. I, can't,
4: I can't lay fourteen and a half. I can't do it. I, I will not do it. I will take the Falcons.
1: Moving on, I on to the got a shot. Th- See? I got a shot. Mm-hmm. I'm,
4: da- I mean, I, I, I'm a sport. I got right? a shot. That's two. To me, the action is the juice. I love the action. <laughs> the action. is the
1: juice. 4 p.m. today, we have the 10 and 5 Arizona Cardinals at the 11 and 4 Dallas Cowboys. Dallas minus
3: 6.5. Oh, this is me. Mr. P. Uh, yeah. I will take Dallas in this one. I, I think Arizona's got some significant issues offensively. I've been reading a lot on Twitter today that people have been, some of these shows, I think, talking about defenses kind of figuring out Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray a little bit. I think it has more to do with personnel losses than anything else, but I think Dallas found a little something last week offensively.
4: I think the Cardinals are looking to uh, prove themselves a little bit here today. I'm going to take Arizona.
5: I got the Cowboys in this one. I think they are starting a streak.
1: And finally, the two and thirteen Jacksonville Jaguars at the nine and six New England Patriots. New England minus sixteen and a half.
4: Let's have some fun. Let's lay the sixteen and a half. Why not? I'll Let's do it. it. I'm I'll laying ta- it too. I'll, to I'll it. take the Patriots today, and I'll take them uh, thirty to seven.
1: Yeah, I'll
3: take tw- I'll take Patriots twenty eight to six. I'm gonna go thirty three to nine. Nine. Nine.
4: We're all laying the sixteen and a half. Oh God!
3: Yeah. Damn. Okay. There it is. All you gotta do is get to seventeen. You got a shot.
4: All right. Uh, thank you to everybody who joined us today. He's done and, already? Yeah, we're done. Uh, Mark Long from the Associated Press making a real great, strong push great appearance. for uh, Behind yeah. Enemy Lines. Certainly a top guest.
3: five push at worst.
4: Yep. Um, uh, Tomorrow, who joined us here for a few minutes, that was great. Thank you. And uh, to the Mats and everybody else who called in and wrote in, we appreciate you. And we hope to talk to you in the Pulse game show. Patriots, Jags, be happening next. We'll talk to
10: you in a few hours.